0: Might be good or bad. (laughs) (laughs) We will find out. We will find out. (laughs) Uh, Are you guys ready to go?
1: I'm pretty, I'd say I'm pretty ready. All
0: right. (laughs) That that wasn't (laughs) convincing, but I'm going to start anyway. So (laughs) welcome back, listeners, to Dance Robot Dance. This is our 179th episode. Uh, I am Tim. I'll be hosting this week as we close out the Skywalker saga and discuss uh, episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. And with me, I have Paul from Seoul, South Korea. Hey, everybody. And I have Mark from St. Catharines, Ontario this week. Currently, yes, yeah, I yes, what. <laughs> Ontario. So, yeah, we just are coming back after Christmas. So, how was Christmas for you guys? Santa good to you?
2: Quiet, but yes, we had a good time. Yeah,
1: I was in Thailand, so uh, <laughs> I was happy. I was. So they do Christmas in Thailand? Kind of, they do like Christmas decorations in Thailand, but it is a place where they still use the Buddhist calendar. So, like, it's the year twenty five hundred there. So, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> whatever but I, yeah no they had like christmas decorations poolside while i was swimming in the daytime in the pool nice at my hotel yeah it was nice you know
0: and christmas music oh, and stuff
1: oh yeah all that stuff fucking children's choir christmas music while i'm swimming i'm like there's a disconnect here i'm trying to relax and all i hear is jingle bells by a children's choir isn't eh. nah, <laughs> not so much I had to put my headphones in.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We hosted uh, this time. So my parents, uh, this being our last Christmas in Atlanta, I convinced my parents and my uh, sister and her husband to come down to Atlanta for Christmas. So uh, they rented our neighbor's, basically our neighbor Airbnb's house. So they rented the house next door. And so everybody was nearby. And it was, I mean, I have a new appreciation for how much work it takes to like fucking host a major, well, Christmas, because I've hosted Thanksgiving in the past. But Christmas is a little bit more. Cool. So well, let's go ahead and uh, burn through the little bit of news that we have this week. Because um, it being Christmas, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff being announced or released or anything. One of the big things and something we're probably going to talk about pretty soon, Mandalore had its final episode, uh, which for us, as we're recording this, aired yesterday. And it's already been confirmed. It had already been confirmed, basically, that it was getting a second season. But know that that second season is coming in uh, fall of 2020. So only have to wait like nine or ten months or something like that. So that would be happy. Yeah. I'm really happy about that
1: because it's really good. Give Favs the keys to the star Wars kingdom or something. Cause like, I feel like the Mandalorian, like lone wolf and cub tone was a very good choice for the setting and the story overall. So like, I'm down for a second season, 100. percent
0: Yeah, me as well. Uh, which, yeah, we'll get we'll get to talking about that. Mark is definitely all in for that too.
2: Yeah, the season was awesome. I just finished watching the last episode uh, right before we mm-hmm. recorded, actually, so uh, I'm all caught up, and I was very excited and happy with the yeah, like happy with the finale. So
1: yeah, no spoilers yet because I haven't watched the last episode.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. But is, is it spoilers to say it's awesome to see Gus come back? I'll, like whenever. Oh. That actor comes back. I'm always like, "Yep, I'm in. I'm on board." So
0: yeah, indeed. <laughs> See the The Witcher is out now on Netflix. I can't bring myself to watch it, but it seems to have been having some response, mixed maybe. Some people mm. are loving it. Some people are eh, on it. I watched it. Yeah, it was. Really? Uh... That's Paul's
1: glowing review. I watched watched it. it. It's a thing that I watched. (laughs) I would say that if you're not into sword and sorcery, this does not offer you anything new. There's a lot of like, it takes a lot of cues from Game of Thrones in a lot of places, like sex position and shit like that. And it also has like a confusing timeline merge at some point in the season where you're just kind of like well why did they do it this way it didn't make a lot of uh narrative sense
2: i had questions about that because i'm just finished like the i'm halfway through the second episode and i was like i don't really know what's i had i was gonna go look up what exactly the fuck was going on because i was like it feels like this is jumping around like you know what i mean like it just feels really disjointed early on so i was like i need to go figure out what the fuck this is Um, yeah because i was like I don't know what is happening. The first
1: four episodes are like so disjointed because there's three main characters and they don't interact with each other until the halfway through the first season. At least with game of Thrones, you knew that there was like an overarching thing with the death of John Aaron in the first season. But this has no grounding plot other than like the little girl has to find Geralt. But like the girl doesn't know that she exists at this point in the storyline and so it's just kind of like what what like why and so when you finally get two of the main characters together it's wonderful because they have really good chemistry but it takes so long for the season to get going you're like i I had it on in the background i was playing pokemon masters while that was playing in the background and i was like kind of looking up at it it wasn't that great and kind of
0: episodic so like what Watchmen did last week that we lauded so much like you know uh, weaving disparate storylines together really well this is doing basically yeah. what I'm hearing yeah it's, it's not doing a really good job of that at all yeah. so yeah <laughs> the only thing I've exposed myself to with uh, the Witcher so far is this fucking throw a coin toss a coin to your Witcher song because like oh yeah like all my friends that are into like fantasy and like sword and sorcery and d kind of shit and Witcher are like fucking all over it and I'd listen to it i was like nah, i don't get it guys i don't get it either i've Just seen do anything for me I, i've
1: seen the whole season and it kind of gives me like trying to merge like that that hair metal like you know that fantasy metal viking metal shit kind of yeah. thing that's what it gives me vibes of like arthurian metal mixed with like i don't know like a little bit of Bonnie Vare style folk yeah and then put it in a fantasy soundtrack and it's like, Oh, look how cool this is. It's not, it just, it yeah. doesn't work for me. The whole bard character flatlines for me a lot. Like, I think he's kind of charming some of the time, but most of the time I'm just like, get him off my goddamn screen. <laughs> most of yeah. the time.
0: Yeah. Um All right. Well, let's move on from that. Uh, maybe if we actually all, see it at some point we'll talk about it but i think the odds of that are probably pretty (laughs) low in the ongoing saga of cats something unprecedented has happened and universal is sending out a patched version of a movie basically they are admitting yeah we pushed this thing out before it was ready to go out and a bunch of the fucking effects weren't ready and here show this version instead and no universal bad you fucking own your shit, and you put out what you fucking, like, leave out what you put out, and you leave it there to suffer. Yeah. Okay.
1: Having seen Cats now, because I saw it, uh... (laughs) Oh, God! (laughs) I... And you're and you're alive. Okay, yeah. Time. So I have my life pre cats and my life post cats now because that was like both. <laughs> so like battle before Yavin,
0: it uh, yeah. Like before <laughs> and after battle, yeah. Of
1: yavin, like that's what like your life full is on. Like-, like I am. Yeah. I have like yes. PTSD already from this experience because it was like <laughs> I don't know what a Jellicle cat is still having seen this entire movie and I don't want to know. But the question haunts me forever. So I think I saw the patched version. <laughs> and it still was a fucking uncanny valley nightmare where the faces don't track onto the bodies properly like there was there were just moments where the dancing was really impressive God, when yeah. you could tell that it was real dancing but a lot of the time they mix it in with this like weightless cgi jumping and it's just like there's nothing to latch onto like it's just such a fucking surreal experience i thought that the Mm -hmm. the critics who were like going off on this were joking like that it wasn't really it couldn't be as bad as they had said but it oh my god oh my god (laughs) it was so bad and i don't even remember any of the songs like i knew memories from before because that was like in the pop culture consciousness (laughs) i guess but like was it though it, it kind of like I remember it. Okay. If you're into musicals, but like, cause that's the only song that sticks except for the fucking repeat chorus of the magical Mr. Mistopheles over and over again. Oh my fucking God. But the worst part of it is like <laughs> the cats yeah. are designed to be kind of sexy. But it's horrible to look at because you get, like, Idris Elba's muscle body (laughs) under this glistening coat of fur. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And both my boyfriend and I were just looking at each other like, this is wrong. There's something wrong about this. Why are they thrusting their hips so much? Please stop. Why does Taylor Swift cat have boobs? It was just like, (sighs) oh. Okay, so I'm. thank you for letting me vent out that, just the horror of that, because it was just, oh my god. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so don't go see Cats. Even the patch version has a lot of like, weird <laughs> moments where, yeah, the faces are just like, creepy to look at. Just don't do it. Don't do it. I thought it would be a fun hate watch. It was a psychological trauma, so don't do it. Well,
2: part of the problem is that you're sober, right?
1: yeah oh yeah oh shit like i
2: don't know man i think if i was tripping balls though i'd be like that would be worse for me like the e- uncanny valley stuff really gets you <laughs> when you're kind of baked and yeah. stuff so like
0: like freaks you yeah
2: out. so like an hour and a half or three hours or however long this fucking nightmare lasts it sounds <laughs> it was blissfully just over two hours but it also had the
1: problem of like Okay, so the faces didn't track, but we all know Tom Hooper's style. And If you don't know Tom Hooper's style, he likes to do, like, leave people in close-up for the entire song while they're delivering a lot of emotional facial expressions. And when the faces look the way that they do in Cats, it's just the most uncomfortable experience ever. Like, with Anne Hathaway singing her, like, like, syphilis ballad in Les Miserables, it was, like, sad and emotional. In Cats, it's just, like fucking mind-melting torture to watch judy dench in close-up as a cat human singing about like how do you address a cat it's horrible fucking nightmare (laughs) holy shit
0: okay i think i've got it out of my system now guys really this time for sure we'll we'll see (laughs) we shall see in something else that has been plagued with development hell The New Mutants is apparently still going to be released. There's supposed to be a new trailer coming out in January for it, so that is still a thing that has been like just stuck in development or like post production hell, basically for like two years since it was supposed to come out like April 2018. So I don't know. I'm still I'm real intrigued to see this thing. Yeah, I whatever like bastardized
2: version they put out of this now because I I remember hearing tell that they were going to take out all the references to X-Men, basically like try to genericize it as much as possible so that it really didn't have anything to do with X-Men. But like, maybe that's not what's happening now. They're going to put it out. I would have just straight to DV this fucking thing like six months ago and called it a goddamn day. You know what I mean? There must be something in the contract says it has to have a theatrical release, but I'd be like, all right, fine. Like, we'll put
0: it out and put it in three theaters, put it in
2: three fucking theaters for a weekend and pray. Nobody even like bothers to go watch it. And then we'll dump it on streaming for whatever. Cause oh fuck. I don't know. Like I was intrigued when the, the trailers came out, but at this point between what I've heard about the movie itself and like just this languid pace of getting it out, like I don't even care anymore. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but that was everything I had, unless you guys have anything that I missed, but like I said, it was
1: pretty quiet. Um, Did we talk about the Terry Gilliam being an asshole about Black Panther thing? Because Terry Gilliam was an mm-hmm. asshole about... Oh, yeah, we should... We should talk about that, because uh, Terry Gilliam decided yeah. that the people who worked on Black Panther obviously had never been to Africa, which is blatantly false, and mm-hmm. that he said that... Black Panther was overall bullshit and that people shouldn't be looking to Black Panther for inspiration and stuff like that. And I'm just like, this is an old white man yells at clouds moment. If I ever saw one like, holy shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I think, what did he say? I think he said it's like utter garbage or something. Utter bullshit. Utter bullshit. Yeah. It's so, I, I think part of it is just like, he's upset that like the kind of movies that he wants to make are not what people want to watch anymore. Mm-hmm maybe there's some like fucking truth to that, but like, the fucking solution to that is not rail against the kind of movies that are pulling audiences right, right. now. Right,
1: and coming for Black Panther in particular of all of those movies yeah. is, a um, dude <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly feels a little bit little a little A little, a lot racist More than a little yeah. racist. Cause he, yeah, because <laughs> he didn't come for so. Avengers or Spider-Man or any of the other billion dollar movies, it was just like, coming for Black Panther of all things, which like was the most. Yeah, you think
2: you, like Swing at the big dog, right? Like, swing at the Avengers, because that's the fucking monster in the room, really. Like, that's the one that everybody seems to be, like, really focused on is being like, this is just a fucking spectacle that doesn't mean anything. And I'm like, cool, but it's still the best yeah. movie I saw this year. So, like, yeah. Like, Blow me! I guess like I don't
0: know what else to say to these guys. So what he actually said was that it gives young black kids the idea that this is something to believe in. Bullshit! It's all utter bullshit. Uh, and then he said the bit about like people who made it have never never been to Africa. They went and got some stylus for African pattern fabrics and things. But the fucking problem with that is like first off he shouldn't be commenting on this at all, right? But secondly is that. The problem with African American heritage in particular is that it has been fucking stolen from them. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that when we fucking talk about Rise of Skywalker, because there was a nice if maybe heavy-handed moment with that with Lando as well, mm-hmm. and, and one of the new characters. So, like, that is the fucking problem, is that they can't point to something and say, that is my heritage, that is my culture. They have to grasp for whatever little bits they can get. Right, and they went
1: specifically to a country in Africa that had been less touched by colonialism for inspiration, and, like, mm-hmm. the whole idea was, like, I I think that Terry Gilliam just really hates Afrofuturism and probably black people in general, because uh, like, he, like for him to like specifically target this movie is just so fucking like obviously racist that it's just mind-boggling to
0: me. Well, now people now people are going back and looking at his movies and being like, um, has Terry Gilliam ever put like a black dude in a no. lead role? No, and yeah, and he has no, not, he has and so, so, so maybe this is a deeper. You're
2: thing. actually <laughs> really lucky to find anybody of color in any of his movies in any significant role anywhere so yeah Yeah.
0: so terry gilliam maybe shut the fuck up a lot yeah forever maybe maybe stop telling on yourself like this yeah or keep telling on yourself and make it really easy for us to fucking identify yeah what a what a piece of shit you apparently are time bandits is overrated as a bad movie watch don't watch it oh yeah it's not it's it's not not good good. no it's not good but anyway uh, all right that, that's all I have. Anything else? Uh Well, with that, we can move on to our Geek of the Week. Geek, 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 geek of the week. <laughs> I had to get in something Christmas for Mark. Yeah. You had to do he, it. He looks like he wants to kill me. Right oh, right. <laughs> 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 uh, so this is the segment where <laughs> yeah, where each of us discusses the uh, nerdiest, geekiest thing that we've done in the past week or so. Uh, so let's go to Mark first. It's been a little quiet.
2: Um, in my my traditional bah humbug way, I, uh, we did Christmas. And so Christmas Eve was, we watched Die Hard and went to bed. And then we went at dinner at Grandma's and came home and watched seven episodes of Lettercanny. So Really? It's, all seven two e-
0: episodes in so
2: Oh man, this season's fucking great, boys. You gotta, you gotta catch <laughs> up. It's real
0: good. It's been better than the last season so far for me. It's
2: actually, like, that was the first thing I thought when I was done all seven episodes. I was like, holy fuck, this is a real solid season of this after what was kind of a, like, mediocre... Middling. In. Yeah, I felt like last season ended strong, but, like, the first part of it was kind of like, alright, boys, like, let's get to the point. But I was completely in for all seven episodes. And I was even, I even thought that, like, oh man, I even added an extra episode, like like how thin is this going to be spread out but they totally fucking knocked it out of the park so uh yeah if you haven't yet go spend you know the two or three hours and get through that seasonal letter kenny because i left my ass off at the entire thing and they brought my girl back and everything when they had no reason to so yep (laughs) on board Mm -hmm. on board cool Paul, how about you? What was your Geek of the Week?
1: Well, I was, you know, away in Thailand, so I didn't have, like, a lot of geeky moments or opportunities for geeky moments. But I think I have to say that in Thailand, in Bangkok, there is a huge mall called the Icon Siam that is, like, this really beautiful glass building. And you get the, you can get there from, like, riding a boat, like you go on the water taxi through uh, on the river. And we're just walking along, and we're like, oh, let's maybe go see Star Wars at this theater. And then, lo and behold, there's... There's a DC Universe store, which I did not know that these kinds of stores existed. <laughs> and it was really cool. Like it was a lot of like athletic wear and casual wear that's all DC themed. And like most of the designs were really good. I wasn't really into the modern DC designs so much, but there was a lot of cool vintage DC t-shirts that I was kind of into. Unfortunately, the ones that I really wanted were the Barbara Gordon Batgirl and the Diana Prince transforming into Wonder Woman with like that little pirouette thing that she does in the classic comics, and unfortunately they didn't have them in men's prints or sizes, so I couldn't buy anything. But there was a lot of cool shit, and I was like pretty impressed with the overall unifying of the branding of DC. Like normally, I like Marvel is usually better at like taking certain styles and like having. Different product streams, I guess, that are like pretty unified. But this is
2: really, really good. Real easy when you have Disney behind you these days, too, right? Like the last 10 years have been mm-hmm. like, hey, look at Marvel get turned into a fucking Disney brand where it's just like it's in front of you all the time. Yeah. Whereas before it wouldn't have been like like it really wasn't like that back in the uh the pre buyout days, right? You'd to yeah. you go looking for Marvel stuff. Like DC stuff's always been kind of easier to find in general yeah. because of the Warner Brothers connection. Whereas now, like it's pretty, pretty even Stephen. I think, to see. This kind of stuff happening so
1: it was particularly cool to see like very asian styles uh of clothing in with that dc branding like there were these like i call them yakuza jackets they're like japanese motorcycle jackets with like a really bold print on the back and there was a batman one and superman one they all looked really cool i didn't buy anything But I was very tempted to spend a lot of money there. So that was my Geek of the Week.
0: So my Geek of the Week, I had a couple. So I did go to another, I know I've talked on the podcast before about uh, our friends who put on like massive fandom parties. And they put one on for Rise of Skywalker Mm -hmm. uh, that I went to. And they had like a fucking huge gingerbread version of Galaxy's Edge and shit like that. That was amazing. But uh, really the probably biggest Personal geek of the week for me this week was that uh, my lovely wife Alicia got me a 3D printer for Christmas ah. that I have oh. been geeking out with over the past couple of days. It's been really fucking cool to fuck around with. Uh, so it's a Flash Forge Creator Pro, and it has dual extrusion, so it can do two different like types of substrate at the same time. Uh, one of the things that that means is you, if you can get, you can get soluble support substrate, so you like print stuff that has like those little supports and bits and pieces that hold up the thing. And then you just put it in water and that shit dissolves and you're left with like what you're making and you can like print stuff inside of other stuff that way and shit like that and do a lot of really, really cool shit. So, so far I've printed, I mean, I only ended up getting it set up like, uh, I guess yesterday, pretty much yesterday, the day before. So yesterday I did like a 12-hour print of uh, Cinderella's Castle from Disney World just because I found the model and I was like, yep, this is a suitably Tim thing to print for the first time. And then today my wife had me print a uh, replacement knob for her KitchenAid mixer that had broken off years ago. So <laughs> nice. th- that was one of the main things I wanted to get. reason I really have been wanting a 3D printer for years was just like to fix shit that breaks, like little plastic shit that like normally people would just be like, well, I got to throw this away from now kind of thing and now I can just like fucking print something and fix it. You know, little knobs and shit like that. So that's cool. Yeah. It's been really neat. So yeah, whole new world of of nerdery there for me. Mm -hmm. So good. All right. Well, with that, we can move on to our meat of the episode. Giant alien worm meat. So, this week we are talking about the movie that everybody's talking about right now. Cats,
2: right? Uh, cats. Star Wars Episode cats. 9. Cats. Yep, cats. Definitely cats. cats.
0: <laughs> Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, the final installment of the Skywalker saga. So, you know, this is a story fucking 42. Two years in the making now. Reviewers and audiences are split on this movie uh, again, as they were with Last Jedi. Uh, in this case, in an in inverse way, though. So, reviewers have not been kind to this movie. It's currently sitting around fifty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but audiences seem to mostly love it. The it has like an eighty-six percent audience score, whereas. Last Jedi got fucking, like, user review bombed into oblivion, so so it's going to be interesting to see what everybody's take was on this movie. All right, so let's just get into it with everybody's sort of uh, first impressions. Um, I already kind of know Mark's, but I'm really interested to hear Paul, so I'm going to ask Paul first what your general impressions were on Rise of Skywalker.
1: I thought that it was a pretty entertaining movie in and of itself. Like, I would say that, like, at watching it, I was never bored. I was definitely entertained throughout. It starts to show its weaknesses, I think, when you step back in the gr- the greater scheme of the entire saga and the that particular trilogy and the whole Star Wars Skywalker saga as a whole. It was, it, like, up close looks really good. When you pull back a little bit, it starts to show some of its flaws. And that's where I'm at right now. Or, like, if I think about it... By itself as a standalone film, I'm like, oh, okay, that was fun. But I think about it in the grand scheme of Star Wars and I'm like, that's, that's it. That's it. And then, so that's where I'm at right now. So overall, I would say as a a theater experience, it was
2: enjoyable. Cool.
0: Uh, Mark? dare I ask? You were on board with that as a theater
2: experience also? Okay, cool. Interesting. Cool, 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 no doubt. Yeah, I didn't like this movie at all, which I know I didn't like Last Jedi either, but like this was the mess that I was fearing the whole time. You know what I mean? Like exactly what I was kind of afraid was going to happen as they jumped back and forth between directors and like it felt like there wasn't a real solid creative direction overall for this trilogy from the beginning. This is it coming to fruition and I was just like, from the opening crawl, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <clears throat> Just deflated. I was done. Like, it, And from there, it doesn't get much better because it's like a fetch quest and... Some other shit, and I'm like, all right, all right, everything's a Death Star. Cool, we're cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, we're done. I'm done. I'm done. Good. Mandalorian's awesome, guys. <laughs> that's, that's my review of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> is that you should go watch the Mandalorian. That's my review of Rise of Skywalker. I was, I just, I was very frustrated by the entire thing because I was just like, we've taken this jump into Last Jedi, and now we're ignoring that completely, and now we need to kind of rebuild a story arc and pay all that off in two hours, and oh, man, we got a lot crammed in here, and it's not really all landing, and well, Chewie's dead, but he's not, and oh, fuck. Like, commit to something, boys. Commit to something.
0: I was just... Yeah, I was angry. So...
2: (laughs) We could talk about it if you want.
0: We will, and we <laughs> will. For my part, I was overall pretty fucking happy with it. I've seen it twice already. I thought it was overall a pretty satisfying end, not just to this trilogy, but to the entire Skywalker saga. Um, yes, there's unanswered questions, but there was always gonna, you know, they were never gonna be able to tie up every loose end here. So I'm kind of okay with that. There's some that I'm some loose ends I'm more okay with than others. I thought it was really character-driven. I thought it was a really good mix of sort of old and new, like it paid some great homages while also exploring some new territory. One of the common complaints I've seen is that there's a lot of fan service, and I was there to be serviced, so... (laughs) fuck give it all to me I'm perfectly okay with that Uh, I thought the performances generally were really solid I was pretty happy with the way that it was written my major issue with it is that there are a couple of things that they stepped back from major risks that were taken in Last Jedi that were stepped back from that I wish that they had so it's yeah there's there are some issues there that I have with it so okay so I mean let's how do we want to do this let's talk a little bit about sort of the overall plot of the movie. So, to start out with, the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine is back which we basically found out in the trailer, but now we know for real. Mm. And he's on this planet called Exegol, which is this uncharted Sith planet that you can only get to if you have a Sith Wayfinder and basically a big chunk of the movie is them trying to get there and find these Wayfinders and in the mix of that Rey and Kylo Ren have some more interactions and... They end up encountering Lando in their search for this Jedi or this uh, Sith Wayfinder. They end up at uh, basically where Poe Dameron spent a lot of time on this planet called Kijimi, and we get a little bit more of uh, Poe's backstory there. Again, looking for the Wayfinder. Well, here they're basically trying to get some information out of three PO's brain. Yeah, because we, we missed the dagger, right? Doing.
2: Like they go for the dagger first. Like it's just yes MacGuffin after fucking MacGuffin. So, which yeah. is all fucking Star Wars has ever been. Has it, what Has it really? When? I don't remember this like, I don't remember this like, hey, we have a dagger kind of thing going on mm. in any of the prequels or any of the original trilogy. Like this just felt like, hey, it's a video game fetch quest. We're going to do this because it's easy because <laughs> the dagger just felt like an ass pull to me, especially the fact that it's like perfectly aligned to where she was standing. Like I can live with the force nature of that thing. But like, who made that in 30 years and put it, hit it away on some random planet? Like, and why? Why was it just not
0: with the Emperor? I don't. Know, it Sith, doesn't make any sense. Because Sith like being mysterious. It makes no sense, right? sense. They're all the they're all mysterious <laughs> religious fanatics okay, and shit. Okay. One of those one of those cultists made it probably. I'm leaving that one to you then. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then ultimately they do find uh, this world where Palpatine and his Sith cultists have been amassing this huge army of ships since the end of Return of the Jedi, basically. And then there's big final confrontations between kylo ren and ray and emperor and ultimately they defeat the emperor and all is well and all the the entire galaxy comes together to fight this fleet full of death ships of final order ships of and all death
2: stars all of them more death stars boys more all planet death killers
1: stars. yeah
0: they're all planet killers Death yeah stars. so all the ships have planet killing technology which is like ultimately that seems to be just like that's the thing, Sith or, or the the empire the the empire just seems to have this fetish for making things that can blow up planets and now all of their ships can and I I, I mean that makes sense to me that they've had like however many what like 30 40 years or whatever since return of the jedi to make this Technology small enough that they can fit it on a star destroyer? Just
2: more Death Stars, boys. Just like, hey, it's the fifth fucking iteration <laughs> of the Death Star. Let's just do it again, boys. Just keep going, Death Stars, Death Stars, Death
0: Stars. But hundreds. <laughs> what did you want? What What would you? Have I been don't know. Happy I honestly the, the it is the, is
2: not is not just a fucking fleet of ten thousand star destroyers enough of a threat to the galaxy's you know current kind of climactic state enough to really fucking shift the balance? Do they have to be all? planet killing machines like it just seemed like overkill (laughs) it just seemed like overkill is all i'm trying to say and again just
0: because there was a bunch of of stuff in this movie again
2: like it's got to be it always has to fall back
0: to the death star thing (laughs) so (laughs) it was i i I did really like those shots of all of those Mm -hmm. star destroyers like rising up like those some of those shots of of that fleet looked really fucking cool like with all the lightning and shit
2: before it, it sounds like i hate everything this movie looked fucking great I mean it yeah, shot a it little herky-jerky like it looked a little russian spots but some of it like it looks really nice like yeah it was, the next yeah, shots beautiful. all tied together real good it was like when it was well shot it was really well shot like the shots that were planned were boom like yeah. really nice so it looks really good mm. and again like i really like daisy ridley as ray because mm-hmm. she's the only one who really gets to do anything in this movie aside from kylo ren so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. those two are really great everybody else just kind of gets to like appear here <laughs> in the film for a moment yeah. stuff
0: let's go through cuz like i i found this movie to be pretty character driven overall so i i was thinking maybe we would t- attack this from each character's like sort of arc so do you want to start out with ray yeah sure, sure. <laughs> I was really happy with Rey's arc overall. I, f- I thought that like how she was being tempted and stuff was pretty believable to me, tempted to the dark side. It was it played on her love of her friends, which was similar to how Palpatine I mean Palpatine's kind of one trick pony it mm. seems like cuz that's exactly how he tried to turn Luke as well in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I like that you could see Rey losing control at a few times, like giving into her fear. The one place that it really came out to me, and I thought this was a great touch, was when Rey switches up her saber stance to Kylo Ren's stance in in that final lightsaber battle on the whatever moon in Endor that the Death Star ruins are on. Yeah, my
1: frustration with like, I love, I think Rey's story arc it's definitely the most satisfying and most complete overall but the conceit of including palpatine in the final movie i think weakens the overall effect of like that dyadic force duo thing that they had going on with kylo ren and ray where i thought that what really should have happened is that like they bring out the goodness of each other overall as like a working example of the balance of the force instead of having Palpatine as like this, I am all the Sith thing. I think it kind of weakened their eventual finale. And so I like where Ray ended up overall because like, she was the Mm -hmm. easily the character I was most invested in. And I think Daisy Ridley did an amazing job, but it was like the inclusion of Palpatine, I think actually took away from her story a little bit. And having her being Palpatine's granddaughter. Like, why does everybody have to be fucking
0: related? That was really annoying. That was my biggest gripe. uh, So I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. I really do wish that they hadn't walked back uh, Rey's origins or lack thereof. Yeah. You know that she just came from nothing. Like I love that fucking idea that hey, sometimes fucking like really powerful Force users just spring up out of nowhere because the Force is not necessarily tied to these two fucking families. So I mean, yeah, I just really wanted her be- to be some girl that was born incredibly Force sensitive, not related to anyone we already know, and then like I even like worked through. It. I it's like it can still work, you know. Palpatine could have sensed her and sensed her potential, or something like that. And tried to capture her and then her parents decided to hide rather than her parents being fucking like or her dad being fucking palpatine's yeah, kid. Yeah, it didn't add
1: anything to the story to for him to like know who her parents were. Like he he has a throwaway line about her parents being weak and then he's like, "No, my parents were strong." But like we don't know who her parents were. We saw them for like 3 seconds in flashback. So like that yeah. whole familial tie thing was just so tacked on that When my big investment was her connection with Ben, and what that's really where the final conflict should have been. I don't know. I've thought of a couple ways where that could have been a lot more successfully executed without the Emperor at all. Like, why not the Knights of Ren taking over for Kylo Ren and
2: him getting pissed off? I'm sorry, who? The seven guys that yeah. Kylo just killed in 15 seconds? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Right. Like That's yeah. what I'm
2: talking about, right? That's what we're talking about? I just want to be clear, because I don't know who they were. They never referenced them by name. He just slaughtered them and yeah. then moved on.
0: Yeah, that was another loose end I would have liked to have tied up, was more about the Knights of Ren and who they are and why they exist, and also Snoke as well. Well, but... Snoke, Snoke they tied up because he was a
2: clone, even though that makes no sense because he ordered them to kill yeah. Rey at one point, and Palpatine needed her alive the whole time.
0: So, why? Yeah. yeah, was he that autonomous? Mark's been reading articles. <laughs> Mark has been Mark has been amplifying his hate through articles. You all can tell. I did was
2: read the IO Nine Roundtable, and I was like, I agree with the guy who hated this movie, and like he's bringing out all the points that I did not <laughs> like about this movie, and I agree with him, and that's where it reinforced where like I was having issues with these plot <laughs> points. that Just feel like assholes. It all feels like a giant. Like we just needed to wrap this up. In a way that Star Wars fans would like. So it's like, let's bring the Emperor in, even though we've not mentioned him in forever. Like, he yeah. has, like, at the very least, if he was hinted at in Last Jedi or Force Awakens, I would be okay with it. But no, it was just like, ass pull in the goddamn opening crawl. They don't even explain how he's back. How did he survive the Death Star exploding? Yeah.
1: I just want to point out that, like reading the reading the articles, like sometimes you do that because you feel like you're taking crazy pills because you seem like the only person who doesn't like the thing. Like when I yeah. when I was do when we were doing the Game of Thrones uh, final season review, like I was so on board with that show and loved it so much that when I was not liking it, I was like. Am, am I losing my mind? Am I the only one who sees these problems?
2: And so you go, you... I went back and rewatched the original trilogy just to be like, do I hate star Wars? Is that what the problem is? Like, do I just not like this franchise at the core of it? No, it's not. I love those original three movies like crazy. And I'm fucking enjoying the shit out of the Mandalorian. There's just like a problem with this trilogy. Mm. Cause like, it doesn't even feel like a complete whole to me. Like at least the prequels, as much as I dislike those also, yeah feel like they're all tonally the same they're all made by george lucas and you can fucking tell they're all made by george (laughs) lucas with no interference from the outside yeah these movies feel like they were made by three different people or i guess two different people yeah but like really 300 different people and none of them at all knew what one person wanted to have yeah so this is my Mm. ultimate evidence that we need a feige and it should be John Favreau.
0: <laughs> and it should be John Favreau. God damn it! Mm. I'm gonna be raising my, my boys. It was just—I know. Yeah, it was, it was a long I I knew it was me. gonna happen. It was a long one. So for the, me. my so my major issue with them making Ray a Palpatine is that it felt so much like caving to the toxic side yep. of the fandom to me. Yeah. Because that was one of the major things that though that those fucking like toxic pieces of shit really latched onto is like why is Ray just fucking nobody? She should be a Skywalker. Blah blah blah. Fucking blah. They're like, okay, well we're not going to give you that, but we'll give you this other thing to fucking throw you. And at these bones. are the
1: same assholes who b- bitched about midichlorians. Like it's that's what pisses yeah. me off is that like they're so inconsistent with how much well,
2: they. Chlorians <laughs> were dumb. Also, well, so
1: of <laughs> I mean, but it's the same thing. Like lineage, like the Force lineage. Concept, like, uh, because at least uh, Lucas tried to explain the reason why there might be some genetic component to force sensitivity. But, like, then, it, like, they're like, no, that's stupid. But then it's like, oh, but she should, Ray should be a Skywalker because it makes no sense for her to just be strong. Because
2: she's a nobody, and I'm like, yeah, but like that's all the Jedi were just nobodies before. Like, who do you
0: think Obi Wan was before he was Obi Wan Kenobi? Probably some fucking kid. Well, we'll find out on when when Deborah Chow tells us that maybe Obi-Wan is also he's a, a, Palpatine. He's fucking pal- a Palpatine he's a Palpatine
2: yeah <laughs> so now my question is though and this is where the racist side of me comes out like how do you explain Mace Windu then mm. <laughs> or any of the
0: alien or any of an,
2: like how, Yoda yeah.
0: how do you explain Yoda no it's it's clear that, that you know <laughs> that Jedi can pop up out, out of nothing out of no lineage or anything like yeah. that but
2: yeah these movies have really kind of reinforced the idea that it's like it's really just these two families that are like the most powerful force users of all time and everybody else is just like a bunch of fucking scrubs, like even your yeah. master
0: Yoda, just a scrub compared to the Palpatines and the Skywalkers. Yeah. So kinda- I do I do you wish know? they hadn't done that, but I can look back pa- I'm able to look past that one. Mm. <laughs> Alright. But yeah, I just it just pisses me off like you said, because it feels like it's caving to the toxic fans and those guys were already gonna and I say guys because ninety nine percent of them are fucking nerds. We're already going into this movie with every intention of hating it. So why fucking cater them at all?
1: Right. So, but that's what the know. selection of J.J. Abrams as the final director. Like, not that I wanted Colin Trevorrow, certainly not. Cause, like, I do, I think he is just not a very good director. Pretty terrible. Fucking, hey, he's, he's really bad. Hack, yeah. He's a hack. But J.J. Abrams felt like, let's bring him back in to clean up the mess kind of thing. But it it, yeah, it, yeah, it indicated to me that they didn't have an overall plan. It's uh, the J.J. Abrams style of mystery box plotting didn't have the payoff. In the way that, you know, some of his compatriots in that same circle, like Damon Lindelof and the Watchmen, were able to pull yeah. off. So, like, you got the question of Ray's parentage already answered. And then he walks it back, and then it's, he's, she's fucking
2: Ray Palpatine. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there was a lot of that stuff where it's like everything we do in Last Jedi is just like, doesn't matter. Like, where was Rose in the.
0: Oh, time? that was so annoying. Yeah. Yeah, they did, they underserved her. I mean, they did. The role that she did have, she was clearly playing playing like a key role in the resistance. So like they gave her a position of power, which is great. But then she had she like just had no presence. But in then the movie, at the end, really. they
2: bring somebody else in to answer the questions about the starships. When they make a big point about her being like starship no, she, plan person, right?
0: She had she had some contribution in that conversation as well. I, I noted that specifically the second time I watched it. Okay, because it felt like she's just there, and then she's like, "I'm just not coming along this time."
2: fuck you, Ryan yeah. Johnson. And then we kept moving and she showed back up at the end for like half a heartbeat, but we were more interested in Poe trying to get his dick wet with Carrie Russell's stunt double. I'm assuming. Cause I don't think Carrie <laughs> Russell was on set for more than like the scene that. Her eyes were yeah. In, so. And then with the voice. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. 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 So, I mean, good for her. I'm sure she probably got points on this and like, awesome. Good for her. And I love Carrie Russell. But it was just like, we've been a lot of fuss about Carrie Russell being in this movie so we could see her eyes. For yeah. about five I seconds. I thought that
1: was kind of cool. Like it was very much like you don't know, I was waiting for her masks to come off and it didn't really. Like it just and yeah. I was really happy that it didn't. Yeah, I was I thought that was yeah.
0: cool. Yeah. I, I like yeah, I liked I like Zori. Zori was a cool addition, and yeah, I thought it was she was kind of like the Boba Fett character of this movie, right? Like she's this mysterious character we don't ever hear much from yeah. her, and we don't ever see her face. That kind Her of entire thing. purpose was to know Homo poe
1: and I'm pissed off about that.
2: Fuck that, that shit. That was also an issue. Yeah, and then they cut really quickly. Poe po could yeah, still be by. Super, super, super easy to cut out for the Chinese market. Lesbian kiss. Yes, That happens right now. Oh yeah, there. which They're
0: they did. Yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah. like, but there's so there's gays in the Star Wars universe, just not Finn and Poe. Oh.
0: Well, there's already been gays. There's gays. Yeah, there's gays on uh, on resi- uh, Resistance. Oh, or ri- Rise of the Resistance. Not right? in the movies no, that, though, right? Fuck, that's the that's the game or the ride. the the new Star Wars animated series that I can't remember right now. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways.
1: Yeah. So we got, we got way off track, but speaking, let's just go. So Ray, yeah. (laughs) Ray, like, but Ray's storyline was still satisfying. She still got her hero moment and it was, I'm glad that it was focused on her. She deserved it. And she got, satisfying ending overall given what the conceit of the movie was if like if we had to have palpatine this is what this is how it had to end with her even with the the double lightsaber thing which was kind of a
2: a (laughs) 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 one's not enough but two
0: works come on i was there for that it was, it was, it was, it was, it. I mean, it was fucking allegory, right? It's like strength in numbers, like together we're stronger, kind yeah. of thing. Also,
2: Palpatine's real shitty with that force lightning. He fucks himself up every time he uses it. He needs to <laughs> stop using it. Every time it becomes his undoing, he just gets too into it and he melts <laughs> his own fucking face off. Three goddamn times this has happened to him now. Like
0: he's only melted himself twice. Yeah. The one, the one time, he, one time Vader threw him down the fucking pit.
2: Well, you gotta assume he took some damage from that. He should, by all <laughs> rights, be atoms after that happened to him because the Death Star fucking vaporized yeah, after. Yeah, so. but that
0: was like there was definitely a gap. If Luke had there long enough to fucking get off, gap. if if Luke oh. if Luke had enough time to get off the fucking Death Star with his dragging fucking Vader's corpse, mm. then he threw him into the imploding core. Like the core was already breached by the time <laughs> they mm. did, wasn't if, it? If fucking Luke can survive the fall on Cloud City, then I'm okay with Palpatine surviving that fucking fall and, like, shunting himself, force-pushing himself off into some side conduit.
2: I'll accept your terms, only because (laughs) I don't want to argue about it, because I just hated this so much,
0: so. (laughs) But, I, so there was that Sith Ray vision in the trailer. And I just have to say that I totally fucking called that. That was a, like a force or like a force vision kind yeah. of thing, because everybody was saying like, Oh, Ray's going to turn bad in this movie. No I was way. like, no, have you guys not fucking seen return of the Jedi? Yeah,
2: seriously. <laughs> it would have been a fascinating way to end this. If she had just fucking killed everybody and gone dark side on her own, I'd have been like, you yeah. know what? Kudos to you for really just blowing this whole fucking yeah. thing up. Cause <laughs>
0: Then, All right, and then I'll she, take this. and then she goes full Bilbo against uh, actual Ray as well, where she like gets the like gnarly sharp teeth in <laughs> yeah, and it. Yeah, that was a that was a <laughs> weird
1: uh, moment, but I was like, I I am on board for like dark Ray, just in like the visual of it. She looked really cool as like with the folding mm-hmm. lightsaber which was a uh, kind of dumb but also like i'm I, like I'm, I'm on board I was, it like...
2: harkens back to her character release because she always used that bow staff yeah. at the beginning like especially yeah. in force awakens right so like her going to a double-edged lightsaber i was like oh that actually tracks yeah. for me they yeah. should have done that now like she should have the double-edged now because she's like i'm jedi lady like you know what yeah. i mean have the yeah. double-edged one now because like that was badass and that's kind of how she fought all the
0: time so yeah for sure Why not lean into that a little bit? I don't know. Let's see. What else about Ray. I liked that her showing the ability to force heal was obviously like a good... That worm thing was a good setup for her and Ben later. And did you guys notice... The synergy, because I was watching Mandalorian as it was released. Did you guys notice that synergy there where they show like the week or like the day before Force Awakens releases? They early dropped that episode of Mandalorian yeah. where they show Yoda Force Healing Apollo Creed or whatever yes. Carl Weather's character's name is on yeah. Mandalorian I, I assume it's Apollo Creed name.
2: or some variation. I thought it was Creed Apollo because it's Star yeah. Wars <laughs> right. universe, right? Yeah. So you just flip them and you, it's you're
0: good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I, I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, like I did we need it? though i mean i guess some people would be like why force healing's bullshit i'm like but like we've been playing these video games for Mm -hmm. fucking 20 years and force healing has been a part of every jedi video game so i wasn't mad i would have forgiven force healing yeah force healing's fine
0: i'm okay with them showing us new for like all of these movies have been set in periods of basically force users in decline. So surely yeah. there's force powers that we have not really seen on camera in the movies that exist that have just been lost to time or whatever. And Ray's sort of relearning them. Cause she's got the ancient Jedi text now and all that. Yeah, shit and- yeah.
2: yeah. Well, like Paul and I have played next to the old Republic mm-hmm. where they show a lot of force powers that are like, yeah. have, well, we never see in the films at the very least, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. a lot of them are to make video game mechanics more, Integrated, or whatever, yeah. I, yeah, integrated yeah yeah integrated also but at the same time they're all like oh yeah i can tr- i could track with the jedi's kind of like ability to do that kind of stuff like self-healing yeah. and using the energy around you to giving heal and,
0: giving yeah giving a little bit of her life force into the worm or into into ben or whatever
2: i just kept waiting for them to start like just back and forthing their life force at the end like that was the that like, was my pretty thing. much I was, did <laughs> i was like why does why doesn't she just give it back a little bit back to him and then get him to a fucking back to tank or something <laughs>
1: because like, then he can't literally ghost
0: on her yeah. Well, that was, <laughs> fucking weird. That was really I like funny. I did I appreciated that that Ben got his that he died as a Jedi kind of thing. That was yeah. I thought that was a nice touch and that presumably he's a force ghost somewhere now. It would have been nice if
2: he'd had a line yeah. after he was redeemed though as opposed to just ow and then mm-hmm. shrugging. Like, like, I I just thought it was weird that like doesn't say a word the entire time. I'm like, Oh,
0: but Adam driver, like is such a fucking, He's good. like amazing actor that he can, he can speak volumes just with expressions kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was okay with him not having like a long drawn out death speech. Yeah, uh, uh, I could have just used like a line at the very least, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Just Indicate something, say I, something. Yeah. On to
1: make right. That's what I was sunny. waiting for too. I was waiting for something snarky. Like, I yeah. don't know.
2: If they just did, I love you, I know, again, I mean, I would. everybody would have been like, oh, fan service, but at least then you'd have been like, oh, that's all right, because he's his father's fucking son. So absolutely, that's how he
0: responds to it. Fine. Yeah. Star Wars logic, that tracks with me, but no wine? Weird. So that does get to my number two gripe with the movie is that fucking kiss. I wish, I wish it had not happened. I so. wish that they would have just kept Ray and Ben's connection, like more of like a sibling sort of connection or like a platonic love yeah. rather than a romantic love but they had to fucking have that kiss
1: yeah because ryan johnson was kind of in the last jedi was like yeah their their force connection is definitely sexual and like there were definitely undertones of that in the last jedi yeah. with the way that they yeah, had their vision on swallow or ben yeah. swallow Penswallow. Yeah. <laughs> there, were, so I was like, I knew that this was like, a uh, yeah, like I knew it was coming,
2: but uh, yeah, man, and I, I, did, I didn't, I didn't want it either, it.
1: and I also didn't like that they were hinting that Finn still had feelings for Ray that were kind of romantic too, like JJ denied
2: that because he said he was, he just wanted to tell her that he was forced, he was forced, it wasn't, forced- it was forced- yeah. it wasn't anything romantic,
0: <laughs> right? It didn't happen on camera, so it's not canon. Yeah, yeah but that yeah, plot JJ can say all he wants
2: disappeared. Also, yeah. where did that plot go? yeah
0: well poor finn we'll talk we should
1: go back to character by character because i have i poor (laughs) finn being so underserved by the story was
2: really really sad for me too of the whole trilogy really like just a redeemed stormtrooper should be a way more compelling character than what we got with finn like that's my a a huge disappointment to me with this trilogy is that we could have explored like what they do
0: to these kids and like the
2: brainwashing
0: and all that stuff well and it sounds like they might, in some like Lando, Lando and Jana <laughs> spin-off movie kind of thing, yeah. right? Disney Plus series. Let's be honest. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's annoying to me that like the the Canto Bite storyline from The Last Jedi was a great setting up point for diving into that, and they just basically fucking were like, nope, fucking Canto Bite. We're not talking about that. That's not yeah. important anymore. We don't care who's funding this war. It doesn't matter. Like, and those bigger questions about the Star Wars universe were what I was hoping would get answered a little bit more. Or like, I know that they're gonna get explored in Disney Plus series, but like. I wanted, like, it was, if it was included in the trilogy, I expected it to get paid off in the trilogy, and both like, the Poe and Finn storyline from episode 8 was kind of like, an episode 9 they just kind of were like, no, it's the Return of the Jedi again
2: and you're- With Rey and Kylo Ren instead of, yeah, Luke and Vader
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so, like, both Poe and Finn, as much as I enjoyed their presence on screen didn't get a satisfying ending, the same way Ray did, and like really, the the satisfying ending would have been those two ending up together, which is what the actors <laughs> wanted too. But we can't have that because China.
0: Yeah, exactly. That would have been too hard to edit out for. Well, <sighs> not even China. It's not even China. It it's even like matter. other China, international like, markets. These movies do in China.
2: China. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, this this movie like like i'm gonna say flopped because like they don't do well in china period but it fucking flopped in china like it just face planted in china they all do yeah yeah they don't
0: care right so right. they don't have the same nostalgia because they I, that's probably more like
2: let's buckle to conservative people everywhere yeah more than you know what just china yeah so
0: yeah That would have been harder to edit around than just a couple of lesbians kissing in the background. Two pretty girls kissing in the background. Uh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, to me, the lack of payoff for The Last Jedi was just, it was, as you were saying, capitulating to fans because Disney really does like to play it safe. And like, Last Jedi really wasn't playing it safe and people were losing their minds. But I was more intrigued, even if the execution wasn't, quite there with the pose storyline, particularly in The Last Jedi. I wasn't on that episode, so I get to talk about it now, because I'm like, I, <laughs> I love I love the Ray stuff in Episode 8. Everything with Rey and Luke and Kylo Ren, I was so on yeah. board for. And Canto Bight and the Holdo Maneuver
2: stuff was just not really... Oh,
0: the Holdo Maneuver. Were, yeah. That was amazing.
2: <laughs> it looked cool, but then they bring it up this time, and they're like, yeah, we're just not doing that. And I was like, yeah why they, they say something about it being too complicated i'm like but like you point the ship and turn the fucking warp
0: drive on instead like, of it being hard? like a one in a million kind of thing basically yeah uh, that doesn't which but even, but they were at least they addressed it the
2: yeah yeah i mean i guess but, but they're talking about Poe so like, doing. Like, yeah the... we can't
0: just do that every time
2: yeah <laughs> yeah like why would you not just have a ship that's like warp ca- or whatever hyper hyper drive capable with you that you can just scuttle every time the Imperials show up just be like oh fuck they're here point the ship and shoot, I guess. Well,
1: and they were talking about, like, Poe's amazing capabilities with light speed skipping at the very beginning of the movie, and so I thought that maybe, like, they'll bring that back but pay that pay off, pay that
2: off. Like, yeah like a Chekhov's gun that didn't get the, shot yeah well, there's was a couple of those in this movie <laughs> too so that but, was,
0: that, i thought that was more to set up his you know intrigue about his uh background which does get mm. paid off because they were like how did you how do you know to do this and then it's, we get all that on kajimi
2: i just i thought it was kind of weird that like he just happened to be a smuggler too like they just reunited the, a trinity that is exactly the same as the last time except one of them is not a princess he's a stormtrooper like it's just weird yeah like, why mm. is he still a smuggler Couldn't he be doing something else? Couldn't he have been, like, an ex-Mandalorian or something like that? Like, make it something interesting. Yeah. Like, like pick at the lore more. I don't know. I would have, like, tried to call more lore out of it, I guess. Like, give him a character some background that actually tied to something else in the franchise. The nerds can be like, ooh, he's... A fucking estranged Mandalorian or something like that. What does that mean? And then we get to find out more about the Mandalorians on the TV show, and we're all excited about. Yeah,
1: yeah, because there's like there. Everyone kind of had a culminating idea of like where they were supposed to end up. Like Ray as like the the ultimate Jedi, kind of like the the true last Jedi. And then we've got Poe as the leader of the resistance, and so Finn doesn't really get that kind of final role that he's supposed to be in. I guess, where I would have liked him to be like, oh, now that I, we have someone who was a stormtrooper who can now um help people reacclimate to not being Nazis, like as a maybe yeah. played that up a little bit more with, uh, was it Janna was the character? Jana, yeah. Yeah, that would have been uh, cool to see like, hey, let, my ultimate goal now is to help all these stormtroopers rehabilitate and like, because we're not all lost causes. That, that was a nice touch that they had for Finn's storyline, but I feel like it didn't go anywhere until the very yeah. end with Janna and Lando talking, but Finn is nowhere to be found there. And that was, that was
2: kind yeah, of yeah, I felt like a hint to a Disney Plus series that was just like, maybe going to happen,
0: I guess. Well, I think what they were going to do there was think they were going to make Jana be Lando's daughter, which would have felt. That's what I kept hearing. Which would have felt too on the nose. So I'm glad that they walked that back, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to see more of that interaction. Like I would like to see, you know. Lando and maybe Finn or somebody like that, like trying to help rehabilitate all these, you know, force or all these, uh, first order troops or whatever kind of thing. Mm. Um, but the, so the, the major thing for me that was disappointing with Finn was more that he didn't get romantic closure. He ended up with like fucking two arguably three love interests and we don't really see which of them he actually ends up with whether it's rose whether it's janna this new one whether it's ray whatever or poe the one that actually should have been or poe four different love (laughs) interests
1: let's be clear yes (laughs) four different love interests and the actors were super on board with it storm pilot being the thing and it could have that would have been a nice like like way to tie off that storyline where like the, all these three women are like potentials for him. But then he realizes, ah, it's Poe. It's been Poe the whole time. Cause Poe even named yeah. him. Like it was, it just was
0: <sighs> such a wasted opportunity. It was, it was set up. Yeah. It was a wasted opportunity so yeah talking about finn and poe i I was going back to poe um one i was pretty happy with how they fleshed out his backstory i didn't mind that they also made him a smuggler what the fuck ever but i was really happy with oscar isaac's performance Mm -hmm. overall like i thought he did a fucking fantastic job uh with what they gave him and he had maybe i think he had one of the Beth, like maybe top three arcs out of the trilogy mm-hmm. because you do really see a lot of development from him like him being this hotshot pilot him sort of being put in his place in last jedi then him falling into more of more of a reluctant leader role in rise of skywalker kind yeah. of thing so I, I was i was pretty happy with his arc overall
2: yeah. i wish we'd kind of seen them all interacting together a little bit more like i think that was the my big takeaway from rewatching watching the original trilogy was like you do see them as like disparate as they feel like you do see Luke, Leia, and Han, and like the droids and shit, kind of just like all together a fair bit in mm-hmm. every movie. Whereas in like, it doesn't feel like these three, the three leads of this movie or this trilogy, have been together until the beginning of this one.
0: Well, I mean, look look at Return of the Jedi for for a corollary, True. right? Like Luke is off doing his own thing basically that entire yeah. fucking movie. So, and that's kind of where we are at this trilogy. Is is they're not as reliant on each other here. They're kind of out finding their own way. Finn doesn't get as much to do. Well, I mean, Finn has a lot to do on, uh, on that landing on that, uh, command ship and stuff yeah. though, which was, yeah.
2: I just mean like in the, in the rest of the trilogy, like, because like Ray has been so disconnected from everybody else. Like the first time we really see Ray and Poe interact since like end mean, of the Lash end of each uh... of the other two movies, right. It's really yeah. only at the end of the other two movies where they've interacted at all. They have their one little moment where they like they don't seem to be getting along 100% and that's kind of it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like there was no real feeling of an actual like friendship between the two of them. Whereas like you get the feeling of Ray and Finn like they went through some shit together. I just feel like Poe's kind of just there along for the ride a lot of the time. Like he just feels really underserved to me and like more even more
0: underserved than Finn who is tragically underserved. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I agree but I mean, no, we were never going to get a movie where everybody got a perfectly served, like it was just, unless no. we got like a three and a half hour fucking movie kind of thing, which would have just felt like meandering.
2: No, but I mean, it, it harkens back to my point that like the trilogy wasn't planned out yeah. very well. And therefore like them having to constantly adjust the story meant that the side characters kept getting shoved to the side and underutilized because it was like, we're readjusting the main story so much as we go along yeah. and we're having to spend way more time per movie. Adjusting that, especially in this one, where we're just like constantly adjusting the main story to fit what JJ wants the conclusion to be after what Ryan left him with and all that other yeah. stuff. Yeah, just I had like
1: a- I had a little bit of that feeling too, to be honest. Like, and I was on board because I really I overall enjoyed this movie, but it to me it was like in the grander scheme of things because the lack of planning and or maybe not the lack of planning, but like the the catering to the fan base as a band aid for the story not being as well planned as it should have been was so fan servicey, which, you know, like I I I was also appreciative of like the them trying to appeal to the Star Wars fan base to an extent. But that I think was the reason why we didn't get a satisfying ending for Finn and Poe. And like all of the Skywalker stuff gets the the the, the meat of the storyline which we like it's the Skywalker saga I get it but like you've got these two characters who were along for the ride for the whole time where Poe gets a pretty satisfying ending but the character build up to it wasn't quite as strong and Finn has a lot of character stuff but no ending payoff where Ray gets like a nice full yeah. through line. Where she gets set up and payoff. So there, I think those are like when it comes to those three characters, it's like Finn didn't get the payoff, Poe got payoff, but it wasn't quite earned enough, and Ray gets a nice fleshed out full story, which is why I was on board with Ray from the Force Awakens to now. I think that's wh- yeah. that's where Fair I'm enough.
0: at. Let's see, what other characters? So we talked a little bit about Kylo Ren, but I don't really think we sort of finished off on him. I was so when this is going back to Kylo Ren and Rey together, I thought it was that additional dimension of their connection where they could start to trade objects back and forth through their bond was an interesting addition to it. And I thought it was cool that we are still learning things about the Force like the healing and like this sort of thing this late state, you know, that this sort of existence of there being two people that there are really intimately connected through the force i hesitate to use the word intimate because i wish that their fucking relationship was not intimate but but yeah so i thought that that was a nice touch as well and like said fucking uh adam driver's performance was fantastic for me i was really happy with it Mm -hmm. overall
1: yeah he does do a lot with very little in terms of his physicality is always very strong in his facial expressions and like yeah Mm -hmm. i i think that (sighs) Again, if the Emperor had not been a thing in this movie, I feel like Kylo Ren's ending would have been even stronger. Like if they were, I don't know what they could have been fighting against particularly, but it just seemed like it shouldn't have been Palpatine. But I did want the final kind of, like the ultimate sacrifice of Kylo Ren sacrificing himself for Rey was, I think, the correct ending. I'm just not sure for this movie, but definitely the correct ending for Kylo Ren. I was happy with that. Yeah. Um, again, literally ghosting on Ray, but like,
2: yeah, <laughs> he also kind of forgives himself for murdering his father. Cause like, that's not a force. ghost. Oh yeah. That was kind of weird. Him, like, that's yeah. Yeah. So he basically forgives himself through imagining his father, forgiving him for killing him. So I'm like, mm, I, I'm glad you died. Cause you still killed fucking Han Solo. Yeah. You so. killed
0: a lot of yeah. people yeah (laughs) but i did like and and that was a nice fucking surprise like i definitely did not expect to see harrison ford back and to have them yeah that had to be because of carrie right like because of carrie passing away yeah they were like you have to
2: do this for us because of her and he was probably like because we can't have carrie yeah I guess I'll fucking
0: do oh, it. Okay, yeah, or, yeah know, just give me a bunch of man. fucking dump truck of money. It's fine, but I'm not cutting my. Yeah, he hair. did not. Right. Yeah,
2: he <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was not cutting his fucking hair. Right, I'll put the fucking jacket on, but I'm not cutting my and, fucking hair. All
0: right, and you got, and you got to show the trailer of my new movie and uh in front of all the fucking showings. Do you guys have that Into the Wild trailer too? Ah, uh, uh,
1: yes.
2: That yep, looks like valid
0: yep, dog right. shit. That'll oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks as good as
2: the Dr. Doolittle trailer looks. <laughs> oh, so, God. Uh, yeah.
0: I had that attached to both yeah. viewings. I had to.
2: Poor Robert Downey Jr. I'm like, man, maybe it's time to unretire from the MCU. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Already. So yeah. I just want to quickly
1: point out that it's been a while since I've had a movie theater where they actually play trailers because com- uh, in Korea, they only show commercials. But in Thailand, yeah. they oh, show yeah. previews for movies that have mostly already been released in North America. Also, they make you stand for their national anthem with their fucking king, because Thailand still has a king and he's kind of he's kind of like his parents were cousins looking you know kind of a little like those bloodlines are close kind of thing
2: you were referencing 30 rock Uh, 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 Paul Rubens from 30 Rock as
1: the prince who dies (laughs) after drinking champagne because he's so inbred that's what he kind of gave
2: me yeah he's like allergic (laughs) to fucking reasons Uh, or something like that
1: it was (laughs) was bad so like like not not okay I'm sorry Thai no okay you know what it was weird. It felt dictator I I didn't like it. I stood for the National Anthem out of respect, because obviously I don't want to start a fight in a country where, you know, like, Broke Down Palace, the movie, happened. So, like, I'm not going to go to jail in Thailand for any reason, thank you very much. But it was really <laughs> weird to have to stand, and, like, the. it's a video presentation along with the National Anthem of just the king and people, like, it's actually close-ups of people cheering him in this really weird ecstatic way like like whoa oh, it was really creepy. weird man but i did get to see some trailers and the bad boys bad boys 3 trailer that I saw mm. bad boys. Yeah, yeah, bad boys they, yeah, they allowed swearing in the trailer because people don't understand the swear words or like they or they don't care. That has no impact. <laughs> so for me, I was like, they're saying fuck in the trailers. I was like, oh, that's so interesting.
2: Well, it's a red band. I guess that doesn't make sense, right? Because you wouldn't see that here. It's a PG thirteen movie. You can't put red band trailers on PG thirteen yeah. movies. So
1: it was weird. Hmm. Um, weird. but I just so. wanted to point that out because it was a very weird viewing experience for me, because there was swearing in trailers and there was cool. a dictatorial style. National Anthem propaganda fucking video before it.
2: Which was like, yeah. That's weird.
0: Let's see. We were talking about Han, so it seems to make sense to go to Leia, who is one of the characters that I thought was treated... As well as they possibly could have, given the situation yeah. in the movie. I was happy with how they handled the archival footage of Carrie Fisher. It felt mm-hmm. respectful. They did a good job of making it sort of fit in, even though, you know, they had limited stuff to work with. Yeah, Her absence was definitely felt, though, like there were a lot of shots from behind, which were clearly body doubles and that sort of thing. But I think that they did as, as good a job as they it, could have.
2: Yeah, it feels like that uh, her being trained by Ray side plot was probably going to be more developed at some Vi- point, vice oh, versa she,
0: her training. Oh yeah. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Her training, right. Sorry. it was probably going to be more developed in this movie and then kind of had to get shunted to the side. Cause like yeah. there's the quick scene where she's kind of training her and like you're yeah. handing the lightsaber off and stuff. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I would have wish I would have known at some point in this trilogy that they had completed her Jedi training. You've, as opposed you to you learn here, off, you've learned off, it here. I mean, now we do,
0: which again, I mean, I had fucking speculated during last Jedi where everybody was like, fucking Leia can't, Force pull herself back onto the ship and is like, okay, except now we know that if you just fucking waited one more movie, you would have, you know, seen had confirmation basically on something you should have already assumed that in the 30 years between the fucking movies that Leia had been trained in the force by Luke. And See, I don't think
2: I had a problem with like her, her having been trained. I just thought it was just goofy looking like it just looked dumb when they did it, like it looked very Mary Poppins and that was my problem with it more than anything. But mm. I'm trying to remember if I actually had a problem with that or not. Cause I had so many problems with last Jedi. That Like <laughs> do I remember I was them all? Excited no, to see not.
1: Leia force pull herself in the last Jedi. And like, I was like, yes, this, this makes sense to me. Cause like anything could have happened in that time period. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, like see that training, Moment between Luke and Leia was pretty cool.
2: It was actually that was probably my favorite part yeah. of the whole movie was seeing the two of them train together. <laughs> like that was the yeah. moment where I was like, "Oh, this is like this uh, makes I don't know we we've done so much." like, poofooing on the original trilogy as this has gone on, that it's nice to just see them, the two of yeah. them like they were back then, yeah, doing yeah. this stuff again. And, I
1: like, the, the, cool. the, those are moments that I'm okay with. The problem, I think, is that this trilogy is so beholden to Episode 4, 5, and 6 that, like, it loses its I- own identity mm-hmm. a lot of the time, and it was the Palpatine conceit that really was like, okay, well, he's gotta be the main last bad guy, and, like, did he really, though? And because, like, it seemed that they were Trying so hard to recapture that magic that they kind of forgot the magic that they had. I guess.
2: Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what the plan would have been at the end of like Last Jedi. Like, how do you do the third yeah. movie after the Last Jedi and make? They it could have had it been Snoke
0: story. if Ryan Johnson. Yeah, if Ryan Johnson hadn't killed. Snoke. Yeah, that was.
2: Yeah, yeah. See, like that's why I, I still I, I don't think that Ryan Johnson's like completely unculpable yeah. in how this turned out. You know what I mean? That's why no. I feel like this whole trilogy is just such. Like, it's so messy because of the way this all turned out. That, like, it's...
0: I mean, I, I fucking love Ian McDiarmid as Palpatine. So, I mean, I was happy to have him back. And...
2: and that's the thing, right? Like, him hamming it up, I was like, oh, man, it's still he's still great. You know, like he's still Still super good. He's still awesome at it. It's just like, why is he fucking here? At least explain to me why he's here. (laughs) I guess like, I don't know.
0: They at least showed that like, you know, he was clearly ravaged by time and like, whatever he had to do to save himself from being thrown down into the core Mm -hmm. of the exploding death star kind of thing. So like, you know, his fingers, his fingers in particular Mm -hmm. being all fucking like fucked up kind of thing. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was just like, here's, Palpatine and he's okay it's like no he's pretty fucked up yeah like, <laughs> and he basically had
2: like he, he almost looked like he was a marionette like, he's on like life yeah, support he, looked like he was like a marionette yeah. more than anything else and yeah. I like that effect that was fucking cool like all that the stuff yeah. on Exegol is like Edgelord Nine Inch Nails video as it was yeah
0: was, oh it was, was, it was designed yeah. so it was well. designed
2: very well like it looked really cool yeah. and like some of it was almost like alien-y like Geigery, like that techno organic. Yeah. everything looked black and oozing and shit and I was like I'm into this this looks cool can I see it without flashing fucking lights I'm having a seizure I would have been cool with,
1: like, if the Emperor, like, was still in that marionette mode, but it was all technological, like, it was all automated, like, there was some kind of technological force that was trying to drive Kylo Ren further into the dark side, because he was hearing those transmissions, but it was all, like, if that was pre-planned without the, the Emperor actually being alive and having that I am every Sith, Moment I would that would have been kind of cool like this whole like we turned the the Sith line techno organic or something like that would have been like I don't know something I don't know
0: Well that goes along with Darth Maul being like basically half machine now as well, well they're all and, like that and, right like Vader, and was, Vader yeah. being half machine yeah. and yeah
2: Wasn't the old rule that like there's no afterlife for Sith like that was the rule in the old canon right like once they die they're fucking like their souls obliterated or whatever because they've become sith like they're dark i don't know how this shit works because
0: yeah i don't know it's
2: not star trek i don't understand (laughs) like but i thought there was a rule about them like that's why they always like seek out ways to prolong their original life is because like the jedi can learn that scared of death and and the jedi can learn that force like ghost thing and that's not something you can do on the dark side or something like that i don't know i read like four Extended trilogy books, and I think shit is cobbled to cobble together in my brain somehow. So,
0: but then there's also the whole uh, like Palpatine is the one that tells Anakin about Darth Plagueis, yeah, who's the one that can basically cheat death, which is essentially transcending and becoming a force ghost kind of thing. So, it's kind of nebulous whether Sith, yeah, have an afterlife or not. I would say, in the at least in the if you're just looking at the movies, as canon, yeah.
2: That's what I mean. It just um, seems weird.
0: All of it seems weird.
2: That's my there you yeah. go.
0: <laughs> That's your review. Yeah. Going back to Leia, I I was happy that they also mm-hmm. had her death be meaningful. Yeah, you know that it helped to turn the tide of Ray's battle with Kylo Ren. That she was able to get into her son's you know, soul or mind or whatever spirit and reach Ben again and bring him out enough that, you know, Ray could turn him back kind of thing. So that was, was nice, nicely done. And Holy shit. I got so teary when she died and R2 yeah, was, I was just down was there upset. making sad It oops. was, it was yeah. sad because
1: it's like, yeah, you really yeah. felt yeah. Carrie
2: Fisher. Yeah, it's like I had to do it all over again. Like we had to do this again. I had to lose the princess again. Yeah. Good, good. Thank you, Star Wars. I already hate this movie.
0: <laughs> and then, and then you've got to feel it again when Poe Finn and Chewie. And oh my god, Chewie! Chewie. That was the one. That's uh, where it got
2: me. Was Chewie starting to yeah. wail? Where I was like, "All yeah, right, I'm getting. I was mad. I was real mad. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm annoyed with this movie as I was uh, throughout when they did that scene. and Chewie started like wailing. I was like, "Oh, you fuckers! You got me, you fuckers! I was upset.
0: Yep. Yeah. And even when Leia and Ray hug when Ray's going off, when Ray leaves, like that that got me as well. And that one's in the trailer, so I knew that was that one was coming. Yeah. And then I had happy tears when I saw uh, Luke and Leia's Force Ghosts together on a Tatooine at the end with uh, lo- yeah. looking over Ray kind yeah. of thing. Those were nice.
2: I like that Mark got to come back and do a little bit too. So that was kind of nice. Yeah.
0: I yeah. still feel
2: like the way they treated that character was interesting. So.
0: Oh, I was I love the way that they treated Luke in this. Like, I love that he's he was a sassy Force Ghost. Yeah. He still had that little bit of edge to him. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing, yeah. you fucking emo kid? Why did you just set this fucking like on fire set this was. yeah set, or set this uh, tie, tie Fighter fighting. on fire and yeah yeah? <laughs> but then that sets us up for maybe one of my favorite moments in the whole movie, which was uh, Luke rising his X-Wing up out of the water and then Ray getting to take his X-Wing and then his X-Wing signal showing up on the fucking display and everything. Like, all that was like, oh, I got chills at that, I gotta say.
1: That was a cool moment. Like, again, this is one of the moments where it does good things when hearkening back to the original trilogy because it adds something new to it. You know, it's like a kind of lineage thing where Rey passes yeah. something on. Whereas I felt like the conflict with Palpatine was like just the return of the Jedi again, redux like, but this was like, okay, we're taking something old and we're doing something new with it. And having her like use Luke's uh, X-Wing signature to like uh, lay breadcrumbs for the resistance was a cool, cool thing i really like that a lot
2: and they like they build tech to last yeah. in that fucking universe too apparently like that thing was underwater for a long it's just time just hanging out underwater so i was like yeah i don't is she gonna to be able to do a retrofit in time i guess we just don't have to they just build <laughs> shit that fucking runs in that universe so cool good on them yeah because i was like well wow, that's been underwater for a long time has been running uh, like on like 30 effectiveness yeah. like the millennium falcon yeah, exactly. for like
0: god knows how long like just with yeah, duct tape yeah. and yeah i guess water, <laughs> And the other sort of setting for me that really worked in terms of bringing us back to somewhere that we'd seen historically was—it was really satisfying for me to come back full circle to that uh, to that second Death Star to the ruins on that other planet or moon or whatever it was in the Endor system like seeing its bones was really cool and then we got a call back to Force Awakens where you get to see Rey jumping around in it like she was in that Star Destroyer on Jakku yeah so you got like a couple of nice little callbacks there that again didn't seem like super gratuitous it really felt like yes this makes sense to mm-hmm. me kind of thing and
2: I kind of felt like they should have done like the whole finale yeah. should have been in those ruins of the Death Star like that should have been where all this stuff was happening as opposed to having the mcguffin like it's just out there in the unknown regions where we're talking yeah. about
0: random well, new
2: planet but i mean it's star wars we're gonna do random new planet anyway because that's just how these movies work but it just i don't know
0: yeah
2: i thought it would have been more like probably would have been more poetic to me if it had like he had created the base underwater like under where the death star was created or something like that and yeah. hiding in plain sight the whole time or
0: but that's at least where kylo and rey yeah. get their final showdown yeah. so which was probably the best lightsaber duel they've had in this trilogy so. I loved it. It was definitely the most emotional, which again goes back to Return of the Jedi, or no, I guess more Empire Strikes Back, uh, where you've got like Luke and Vader on Bespin, like Mm. the the reveal and everything. But this, I don't know if it's my favorite sort of technically lightsaber battle from this trilogy, but it's definitely the most like emotionally driven kind of thing. Yeah, I
2: just, I remember watching The Last Jedi one, like the big one in the throne room and watching the guy spin in the background the entire time being like, this is, oh didn't take enough time with the stunt work yeah but again you watched you watched videos that that highlighted that too yeah but i watched it like again and then had to see that while i was watching it right so like it's part of my experience now where i've noticed that so it is a problem see
0: i've gone back and watched that and then i don't find like i i've watched those guys and i don't find it that distracting like that off-putting like it's not that bad where they're really i, I don't see them like really waving it's, back it's there. the
2: wide shots where it really gets you it's where it gets yeah, me because yeah. you're kind of looking across and you're just seeing these guys spinning in the background like why don't you just come and attack them as opposed to looking pretty like it's just very strange it's star wars it's fine I, it's not that big a deal i'm just bitching the bitch at this <laughs> yeah. point but like you know weird like i enjoyed that that was the best section of the movie for me aside from like the the knife just happening to work where she was
0: standing that was weird but like seeing the Death Star wreckage. <laughs> that one did get me too. Yeah. It was like, Oh, she just happened to be at the exact place where the night. See, but works? that one okay. in my head,
2: I was immediately like, I guess the force could put her there, but like we're yeah. really reaching at this point. You know what I mean? Like the force is real powerful <laughs> in this universe all of a sudden, but like just the visual of it was very cool to me. Just like seeing that like destroyed Death Star, like in the water and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and her being like super reckless as she gets into the water and goes off mm-hmm. on her own kind of thing. Like she's that yeah. Jedi, like single-minded. She's driven. Yeah. yeah.
0: Speaking of going back to places uh, that we've been before, um, they don't actually call this out in the movie, but in some of, I think, in like some book that they've released since, like a Star Wars Visual Encyclopedia or something. Apparently, the planet that Kylo Ren finds the Sith Wayfinder on and like fucking massacres all those people was Mustafar. Oh, was it? Which is where, yeah, Vader's know, where Vader's Vader's castle was, and also where uh, Anakin was left for dead by Obi Wan. Interesting. Um. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting little nod as well. Um, which makes sense right like that makes it makes sense that like vader might have had one of those in his castle or somewhere on that planet kind yeah. of thing hidden stash yeah, absolutely so yeah he
2: never, well he never knew when he was gonna have to fuck over palpatine right like i'm sure that was in the yeah. back of his fucking head the whole
0: time too like i might have to oh yeah well someday, so. that is canon like is that fucking yeah. sith actively you know plan and plot against their masters yeah. wasn't part of the training kind or something like that I should really read some of those old I don't books remember. again, because, like... Actually, they're yeah. not canon,
2: so why would I bother? But <laughs> either way, there yeah. was some weird Sith stuff that I remember reading back in the day.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let's go on to the only character that from the original trilogy that w- we haven't seen until this point, Lando. What we were your feelings Lando. on how Lando was used? I was glad he was uh, there, and he looked like he was having fun. Yeah. But otherwise... Yeah. Mm, right.
1: yeah, it, it was fine. I mean, like, he had, like, three kind of prominent well three
0: scenes
1: yeah and he was uh, it was very like that thing that movies do these days where it's like venerate this one character like it was like so in like the very loving framing of lando calrissian and like oh look who's here it's like our good friend lando remember him yeah. and it was, it was very friendly and whatever and I, i'm fine with that i was like I wish that he had had a little bit more to do. Maybe what are you talking like, about? He like- brought all the fucking yeah, he ships. The
2: entire fucking rebellion. Because he, like, yeah. Le- Leia was calling all those guys for a year and they ignored her. And like, smooth pimp Lando, because okay, she was in. out on the fringes. Okay, sure. Well, well, we can go with that if that's your excuse for it. But like, Lando, <laughs> that Lando, was Lando flies scene. around the fucking galaxy with Chewie for like fifteen minutes and gets like a fucking. A w- Battalion of ships following him around you know what
1: he, Yeah, he's and it happens Off camera, yeah. which is all I'm saying Is yeah, that yeah. like a little bit more A little bit more watching Lando Be that like smooth grifter guy That he is so well known for being You just
2: did, you watched the Rick and Morty episode Where they do the heist thing It Was, it was probably, it had to be that to be <laughs> yeah. like, Son of a bitch, I'm in That would have been what those scenes would he have son been of a bitch, son I'm in. He, yeah. That's son exactly a bitch, what those yeah. scenes would have been So you don't need to see them Because you just watched the Rick and Morty episode there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah fair okay there you go yeah.
0: all right I yeah I liked I liked having Lando back yeah. I I liked having him there just fucking in the scenery like his like give Leia my love and everything oh that was a and great I
2: was like yeah that's, that was a great that's little Lando. line yep. yep
0: yeah absolutely tell Billy D Williams was
2: like really enjoying saying that one too right
0: yeah absolutely and then the little like I said his little moment with Jana yeah. where you know the slavery allegory and I like that they play into that especially considering how heavily they've played on that Nazi imagery with the first order in this trilogy. Yeah. So it was nice to have the other side of that be like, yeah, these fucking asshole white motherfuckers have been enslaving people across the galaxy and they don't even know where they're from anymore. And that kind of thing. I do hope that they play more with that. Chewie. Chewie had, Chewy had a lot to do here. A lot, yeah. a lot of stuff going on. He got to pretend, get blown up. <laughs> the yeah, Chewie is fake terrible. out. Like, Eh, I was okay. With it. I, I knew it was, I, I caught it because they give you, they do give you a very brief glimpse of there being two trans.
2: Was there? Because that was the one thing I was going to uh, ask because I did, I haven't seen it twice, but I, as soon as they did that flip out, because you find out immediately, like, it's such a like bad fake out. It and is. You cut right yeah. to him being alive. And I was like, what the fuck's the point of this? Ooh, I didn't see the yeah. other ship. So I was just like, okay. okay, so there's one ship and she blew it up and Chewie's dead. And then Chewie's alive. Where did the other ship come from? Like, what the fuck is going on?
0: when they're loading him onto the ship you can see sort of at the corner of one frame you can see a different transport <laughs> yep. yep still didn't like it i still
1: thought that it was cheap and it's it's just a kind of like i we knew that leia was going to die because of you know real life things happening but like when you can see a marketing opportunity like chewbacca where like chewbacca as a character never has to age and can continue to sell merchandise as an icon killing him off seems a little too risky for Mm. disney and you can kind of see those machinations of like why they wouldn't kill chewbacca off and they would fake it out like that it's just it feels really cheap to me like it's a cheap emotional uh whiplash they
2: do twice though right because they do with the c3po too like you kind mm. of like we're gonna wipe C three PO's yeah. memory, and then like five seconds later, he's like, you don't. "Hey, we got to R two's got a backup, so everything's fucking cool. Like it's totally cool." I was like, "Yeah,
1: yeah, zero stakes." That's what pissed me off about yeah. those two things was that like if you want us to be emotionally invested in something, like with Leia, you have to have actual stakes in it. And like you showed that you you can kill people off, but like, cause no one wants to buy action figures of old people, (laughs) I guess, but like C-3PO and Chewbacca, you can use those images indelibly forever. Mm. And so killing them off is not lucrative and therefore you're never going to kill those characters off, but you're going to fake it out to like pull at our heartstrings for two seconds. That
0: was annoying. I didn't like that. I was okay with the Chewbacca one, but maybe it's because I had, I knew that had a very strong feeling that they were, you know, that he was fine. Well,
2: I knew he was fine because there's scenes in the trailer of him with Lando on the Falcon. So I'm like, I haven't seen that scene right. yet. And we yeah. haven't seen Lando yeah. yet, and I know they interact. So like, yeah. I know this is a fake out. And then, boom, they cut to him, and I was like, all right. So now yeah. we're just torturing Ray to torture <laughs> Ray. I guess I don't.
0: Okay. when 3PO sacrificed himself like that was another moment where the first time I watched it I did get kind of teary so, you know his whole like I'm you know taking one last look at my friends and everything I was like oh 3PO like you've been in this from the start kind of thing yeah I wish I just wish he was
2: looking at like people yeah. that actually cared about him as opposed to the new people who really don't seem to have a ton of time for C3PO like he's not hasn't really been around these guys much. Either, right? Like he's kind of always been with Leia the whole time. Hmm. They imply
1: that they have had interactions through the Resistance for a while, kind of Show off hell. screen, but like. Well, they treat him more as a burden than the other characters did in the original trilogy. And, like, everyone was annoyed by C-3PO, but they truly cared about him, you could tell. that. But And these guys, especially Poe, really doesn't seem to want to be anywhere near C-3PO. And I'm like, so do you actually care? And, like, that moment where um, Finn's like, yeah, let's do that was funny, but it was just kind of like uh holy shit they
2: really don't care about c-3po <laughs> like that is like yeah like it just felt like that group doesn't give a shit so he's like oh i'm
0: looking at my friends and i'm like is luke there is a force ghost behind you well ray, you? ray at least i think has has a good yeah, yeah. I guess yeah I it's like i'm your best friend but yeah. you're not my yeah. best
1: friend kind of <laughs> just like oh. a name from,
0: uh good place oh the character's
2: yeah name. it's uh Jamila. Oh, Tahani. Yeah, Jamila Jamal. Tahani, yeah. It's Tahani, Tahani yeah. with Taylor Swift, right? Like I'm her best friend, but she's not mine. Not my like, best. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, C three PO's new best friend, Babu Frick. Who's Babu Frick? Babu Frick. He Babu Frick was the, the, was the, the little mechanic. the little droid mechanic. That was classic Star Wars, like this little weirdly cute alien yeah. character, uh voiced by Shirley Henderson, who voiced who also played Mo- Moaning Myrtle in the Harry Potter movie. Oh nice. Mm. who's who's just there for a bit of comic relief in an otherwise heavy scene yeah. and to sell merchandise. I was going to
2: say, yeah. the only problem is he's not going to sell as much merchandise as baby fucking Yoda, so
0: like... Yes, yeah. <laughs> there's already like articles now comparing like move over, baby Yoda. Babu Frick is the new cutest the character in Star Wars. And, lies. Sorry, yeah. that that's, just, that's horseshit. Yeah. Liza Minnelli lies. Yeah. Horseshit. Yeah, Babu Frick was cool though. I liked Babu. Like the
1: whole like yeah. we've got to go to this black market droid mechanic. And I was exp- I was like so expecting tall. Yeah, yeah. He's just like <laughs> this little this little guy, and I just wanted to like put him in my pocket. Kind of makes I was, sense. Like, he's yeah. yeah, working on droids. He cool. can
2: get like right in there and work on them, right? This yeah, little like that. So yeah, it
1: totally. You- like it dis- defied my expectations, but then satisfied my expectations, right? Like all in one yeah. go. I was like, Oh, that's so cool! I like Babu Frick. I'll give you guys
2: that <laughs> yeah. one. Babu Freak's
0: all right. There yeah. you go. You
2: get one yeah. from me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all <laughs> yeah. right. What about Hux? I was, oh, I loved disappointed. Hux oh, making him the spy, really. Uh, that was it. Made it made so much sense in retrospect, right? Because Hux has been this bumbling fucking like incompetent asshole for the last two movies, and now his constant ineptitude is reframed as him like basically trying to sabotage Ren for the uh, last my favorite part was three just
2: movies. basically his, his entire motivation for the whole thing was just fuck Kylo Ren. Like I liked that. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> yeah, but like the way they just kind of like shortshrifted him particular. and he just like gets shot. I was like, well. All right. Like we could have done something yeah. with that, but we just killed him.
1: And what was a, it was a general pride with a Y yeah.
2: Well, the other problem was like that that whole bumbling yeah. thing was more of a last Jedi thing. That feels like another fuck you to Ryan Johnson. Like, well, you've kind of made this character like not usable as a threat anymore, so we're just gonna fucking kill him because whatever. So
0: he was pretty bumbling in Force Awakens too though.
2: Mm, he at least executes a couple plans that make him look good in Force Awakens whereas like by the time Last Jedi, yeah, but like by the time Last Jedi yeah. comes around it's, it's really clear that they're just like yeah this guy's a fucking idiot so whatever yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like he could have still been effective like cause incompetent people can still do horrible things I wanted it to be I don't know, like, the general pride, like, character inclusion w- felt like it was another similar thing to, like, they were trying to include a Grand Moff Tarkin.
2: I was just going to say, I, I when I was watching it, I thought, they, why didn't they just get the CG model of Grand Moff Tarkin and just fucking bring him back from the dead, too? Because that's clearly <laughs> what we're going for here, so, like, just bring yeah. that one back, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to bring the fucking Emperor back, so... Roll them all out. Let's do it. Yeah,
1: That was my thing with General Pride. It's like, this is, this is a Grand Moff Tarkin, and oh, he's no. supposed to be, like, more sinister, and he's older and more evil than Hux. And real was, like, Empire uh, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like, real and, First Strike kind of guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I felt like they, they could have done something more with Hux to make – they could have not rehabilitated his character, but he still could have been evil, incompetent, and still do some pretty horrible shit, which would have made him – his death more even better in my opinion like him being the spy was fine like but it didn't culminate to enough for me to be like oh this was like this is something i wanted to see i guess
2: again it also would have been nice if they'd hinted at it a little bit like if there was at least like an inkling that he was the spy before they're just like oh he's the spy and then shoot him dead and i was like oh okay <laughs> i guess he's the spy fuck kylo ren mm. yeah yeah
1: yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean it was it, like it could have been worse. Like I'm not I, like it. I I didn't have enough invested in HUX overall. Yeah. Like yeah. I, if they had played up the Competition between Kylo Ren and Hux even more than that would have been a more satisfying thing, I guess. But I get like overall, like Hux getting killed off like about halfway through Act Two or whatever—that was fine. Yeah.
0: It was like whatever. Mm-hmm. Going back to Chewie for a minute, I forgot to say I did get a bit teary when Maz gave Chewie uh, Leia's medal from New Hope. Aww, because uh, since, since, since he since he since he never got his medal at the end of New Hope, so that was a nice that was a really nice touch.
2: Yeah, that was my fan service too far for that one for me. Uh, I was like, all right. Yeah, that that one was definitely
0: fan service. That was more fan servicey than that, though, for me.
2: That one just felt like I, I feel like we've dealt with this already somehow. Or like we've just been joking about it in the fandom so long that like, who cares anymore? We're still just we still have to pay this off nine movies later. So here we go. Okay. But I just it just felt kind of tacked on and forced to me. It's like we have two CG characters we can just make this scene of.
0: And pay that off and not have to worry about it. So, yeah. and I, although I definitely felt like Moz was going to try and kiss him rather than give him the medal or maybe both. That's what I thought. Cause like Moz, cause Moz definitely Chewy. had a thing for him. Yeah. <laughs> she was going to do like a, a Vide Sailor kind of thing with mm-hmm. Chewie, with the dude, with, with, with the giant teddy bear that's like, Six feet taller than her. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's
2: what I thought too. I thought th- I thought they were going back to the romance joke from that's from Force Awakens, right? Like going back yeah. to that, like where's my boyfriend joke. Yeah, Maz's um, castle. Yeah. So yeah. Like that I would have been okay with. I was just like the I was the metal, just I was like oh, that just feels tacked on, like <laughs>
1: as a metal often is. Yeah.
2: yeah. Sure. Well, they couldn't tack it on him originally because like that'd be his skin. He's his yeah. fur. He's it naked. Had, it had a his cocking balls are just out there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. They're
0: just, just hanging loose. He's like loose. Fucking, you could see his it all. Hanging ball counts yeah the last character i want to shout out is dio the the new droid character voiced by jj abrams which i thought was i was that was a nice little addition you get this nervous little droid that's got like some ptsd some social anxiety that was cute
1: that was i thought he was pretty cute too and like him interacting with bb8 and the the my favorite being the (laughs) no thank you no thank you no thank you i've definitely used that with my seven-year-old students a lot where they're like trying to hug me but they're faces at crotch level i'm like no thank you <laughs> <laughs> I, I teach b- body autonomy early mostly because like i don't like being touched <laughs> that's not true but
0: like yeah so the no thank don't like you thing like being touched with- by fucking grimy seven-year-olds sticky-handed
1: <laughs> children their pants are always sticky i don't know why but like yeah that was cute, and I thought that it was like, yeah, more droid merchandising, I guess. But like, it's oh, yeah.
0: cool that BB yeah, has already a brand. remote control DOs. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was my that was as soon as I saw
2: it pop up, I'm like, oh, that's going to make a cute toy for this Christmas. Good for them. And yeah. that that mm-hmm. was really all I thought about it. And then, but I did like that it had like kind of like it had like a pet reaction to stuff. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah, almost like a, as a pit bull owner, it was almost like a pit bull who had been like in a fighting kind of situation or something like that. Like it was
0: reacting that way. So I was like, oh, this is triggering my dog love good because yeah.
2: that's the only way you're going to get
0: me to love this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it had its own little story point as well like it yeah. helped uh, help them find exegol and everything and yeah cool let's see the only other thing i want to kind of do i there was so many like awesome uh like callbacks and cameos and easter eggs that we haven't really touched on that i just want to shout out my favorites really quick it was nice seeing yenno back in the resistance the pancake face dude yeah <laughs> Wedge Antilles back again fighting as part of the resistance. Wicket, get that shot of, of the Ewok Wicket played by Warwick Davis again, which was nice. Yeah. Admiral Akbar's son, Colonel Akbar, who was played by Chris Terrio, who co wrote the script. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I was happy with Dominic Monaghan's role. Like seeing him in the trailers, I was thinking, like, oh, he's just going to be a fucking background character. But like he actually had a decent sized role and he got a fucking name and everything. Well, he had three lines. That's not a decent okay okay (laughs) yeah that's true i was like hey i've
2: got a famous face here i know that guy i know that guy oh he's gone and he was gone from that hobbit
0: hobbits in space yeah yeah
2: (laughs) so it feels like another uh jj abrams posse kind of person oh yeah yeah, to get that get some star wars money for some of his buds kind of thing yeah yeah which is fine like good for you like i would totally find somebody was like hey do you want to be fat stormtrooper number six i'd be like fucking a right i want to be fat stormtrooper number six yeah. surreptitiously
1: uh, showing a message on his hand something like not penny's boat like not hold those yeah exactly. <laughs> or
0: something like that yeah <laughs> yeah and uh ed sheeran was a scott stormtrooper in this one as well was he really that's awesome yeah. good for him did you guys catch the john williams cameo no he played the uh, bartender uh i think on kajimi Okay. can't cool. remember what planet. Uh, Yeah. Uh, so he got a little cameo in there.
2: Were, were either of you guys kind of disappointed with the score? Like, I felt the score was kind of lackluster compared to, like, what you usually get. Like, it didn't feel as grandiose. It didn't. Usually it, Star Wars no? scores, like, catch my attention while I'm watching the movie. Whereas I just felt like it was just, it was there and fine, but, like, it never swelled up and caught my attention where I was like, ooh, I'm, I love that this score is still here. It just kind of felt like, here's more Star Wars stuff. And it's a lot of repeats of what was going on before, so...
1: Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would say that it didn't impact me very much because normally the yeah. score in Star Wars does catch my attention. I And you're right. I don't think it never did while I was yeah. watching it, but maybe because it was only one time.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can watch it again. Yeah. But the one time yeah. I can I can remember that it really caught me was when all the resistance, like the, the fleet shows up, the resistance fleet that Lando goes and recruits, yeah you got a big swell there. That was the one that really stuck with me. But I thought overall, I was I was happy with the score, but okay. yeah, I yeah. don't like recall it being. And, and so. there were other moments too, like where they use like callbacks to the Luke and Leia theme and stuff like that. Like when Leia dies, when Han shows up, yeah. that kind of thing. and
2: So like so. that kind of stuff I caught, but it never like, it never really like. Yeah. there's always points where like something new comes up in the score of these movies. Like even in the prequel trilogy, which I will again, reiterate how much I fucking hate those movies. But, like there's parts <laughs> of the score of those movies where I'm like, Oh man, that's actually really nice. Like that works really well for this. John Williams or... is fucking
0: 87. I'm willing to cut him a break yeah. on this. Yeah. No, I'm like, <laughs> for that's his true. last one that he's doing.
2: That's fair too. Like <laughs> that, it, I know it's his last one. I'm glad he was there to do it. Cause like it sounded like star Wars. It just, I never like, really caught my attention as much as stuff that I've heard, even in like force awakens and, the last Jedi where I was like, cause I remember the score of the, the throne room battle in last in Jedi. Last I was like, Oh, this yeah. is really good. I like this bit of score because it was kind of tying together, like all their themes and making it a little bit more bombastic and stuff. I was like, this is good, Yeah, but none of that happened in this movie. And I was like, ah, oh, at the, at the culmination of everything. Well, all right. <laughs> I think that
1: my subsequent viewing of cats has shut down my musical memory out of safety and like for <laughs> my, my bodily That's health. Fair. So I can't really remember musical cues. But yeah.
0: <laughs> Speaking of musicals, Lin Wen, Miranda had a, a little cameo as a resistance fighter. Again, like background, no lines or anything like that. Kevin Smith and Jeff Garland both had cameos in this. Yeah. Kev played uh basically just a resident of Kajimi. Yeah, you don't see his face or anything. He's basically just fucking bundled up but like he was just like, I don't care. Just fucking put me I in mean, it. Wars, yeah. <laughs> JJ did. Yeah.
2: I well, that's the second time, right? Because he was a voice in uh, yeah. Force Awakens, right? Like, he was a stormtrooper voice in Force Awakens. So. Yeah,
0: but what what had happened was, basically, when Kev had his heart attack, JJ said to him, I don't know if this was on Twitter or something, or personally, uh, said, like, if you survive this, I'll put you in, the, episode, in nine. episode 9. And so, like, Kev came back from it and, like, went to JJ and said, like, Uh, Does that option still stand? And (laughs) sure enough, it did. So they're friends, JJ
2: and Kev. Like they've done lots of podcasts and movies. I think their daughters are tight. It's one of those things. The way way Johnny Depp is uh, buddies with Kev because of Harley Quinn. And I can't remember his daughter's name right now, but either way.
0: Yeah, JJ's tight. And then the other like great set of cameos for me was the All the Jedi past Jedi coming back inspiring Ray at the end there. Like there were some awesome callbacks there. Like the obvious ones were like Anakin, which was Hayden Christensen and Mace Windu was in there and Obi-Wan both as Old Obi Wan and young mm-hmm. Obi Wan, Yoda, but there was also a bunch of like animated Jedi in there as well. They brought back Ahsoka Tano yeah. from Clone Wars. They brought back uh, Kanan Jarrus from Star Wars Rebels, and a lot of others too, which I thought was a nice little touch of bringing in those uh, sort of periphery uh, characters into the main yeah. continuity or the mo- the movie continuity. I have a question. I know yep. you're doing shadows, but I have a question. Do you feel at all
2: that like Palpatine being alive kind of? undercuts anakin's arc for the first six movies
0: because mm. like,
2: he doesn't really accomplish anything at the end <laughs> like <laughs> the force because he's his line is funny because he says like bring the balance he to saves the force Luke. like i do like i did and i'm like did you though because i guess you did because there's only two of them left afterwards but like huh he killed himself to kill palpatine
0: and palpatine's still alive so like his major accomplishment was saving, yeah, Luke, I guess uh, yeah, right. Yeah, and enough. you don't get any of this happening without Luke being saved. Yeah, true regardless of the fact that Palpatine survives. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. it just felt like so. kind of like undercuts six movies that we watched uh, all
1: well uh, <laughs> yes and like uh, I'm on both sides <laughs> Well yes, but actually I'm no. on both I'm on both sides <laughs> of the fence on that one because yeah, I can see that like ultimately Anakin's arc was to deliver Luke and then Luke's arc is to like it's to, to deliver a legacy cuz the the Jedi legacy is really like caring about the next generation whereas the Sith is about self-preservation and so like have yeah. that makes sense that tracks to me in the grander theme of Jedi versus Sith that it's always about passing on the legacy and making sure that they're they have the strength and knowledge to defeat the Sith in the future so I'm fine with that and that makes the callbacks to those Jedi stronger when we hear all those voices because if we're going to have the like I'm every Sith thing I was like oh so we get to have every Jedi too that's cool I was happy with that so I was yeah yeah
2: Yeah, fair it it, it tweets me while I was watching it and I was like oh man like but then what was the point of the fucking like of Return of the Jedi if he survived yeah like, it's still happening. Like, I know we saved his son and now we get to do this new thing, but like, a lot of that story doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. Cause, like, <laughs> how come nobody went after Ben after he leaves? Like, like, Luke goes and pouts and Han goes and becomes a smuggler again. Like, why is Leia not just like, well, you two fucking losers, go get my fucking son back that you drove <laughs> yeah. away from me? That was annoying. Like, that was like, ugh.
0: like ugh.
1: why does she have to do all the like work, literally sacrifice for herself? like as super to bring him yeah, back, back and- as super mom when really it was like
2: they should have been uncle luke and fucking daddy han should have got their fucking shit together leia- and got it <laughs> got that leia like always has to clean ago. up the
1: mess okay except for like maybe luke cleaned yeah. up the her yeah. mess a little bit in return of the jedi when she was jabba's slave but hey who killed jabba it was her
2: damn right she did yeah she looked real good while she was doing it too so (laughs) leia
1: always has always been self-sufficient and cleans up her mess and always does it for the boys that's why like you know it makes sense that she had to fucking sacrifice herself to save fucking ben yikes Yeah. Anyway,
0: even her ship ends up like sticking around. Like I'm pretty sure that's Leia's fucking blockade runner Mm -hmm. that there. That's uh, at the end there that goes off and fights in that final uh, battle. Which is that's the first fucking shot of New Hope is that uh, that blockade runner going across the screen. So that was that was a nice, really nice little uh, callback as well. So
2: see, I like that when you get to see those old ships like the the X wing popping up. Like Luke's X wing obviously was the biggest one, but like seeing some of like the blockade runner or uh, some even like Dash Rendar's ship from fucking Shadows of the Empire. I caught flipping through the screen at one point, and I was like, Man, I never thought I'd see one of yeah. those weird, like, B cannon fucking ships that like, I vaguely remember from some art book that my dad bought me for $3 at the library, yeah. like, <laughs> secondhand kind of thing. That I flipped through for 10 minutes and was like, It's not Star right. Trek. So. <laughs> cool, but you know, I'm not committing this to yeah. memory.
1: That is excellent symbolism for the whole thing because it's Leia's stability, leadership, bravery, and sacrifice that really culminates in the whole thing coming together for episodes four through nine basically and it's really she it's really her as the linchpin for the whole series which tracks for me because she's the best and yeah
2: carrie fisher's fucking awesome and it should be that way i guess at the end of the day if we're gonna do if we're gonna do this trilogy this way i'm fine with leah being the hero at the end because obviously she was so there you go (laughs) yeah definitely
1: and then her, like, basically being the one to invite Rey into the Skywalker family at the end—that was, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I love that 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 ending for me. That that like truly full circle, like ending on Tatooine, the on the Lars's moisture farm where it all started. with you know, looking off into that dual sunset with Luke and Leia's Force ghost, like that was that was super appropriate for me as an yeah. ending. It was cool because it was like it tied the whole thing back. To
2: the beginning, but at the same time, Anakin and Luke both hated that fucking place. Like, they both hated Tatooine. Yeah,
0: but it's still their origin, regardless if they hated it or not.
2: Yeah, that's true. But it's just still felt like, man, they fucking hated that place. Like, why would you (laughs) bury their shit there? Mm -hmm. Like, find a Jedi world and bury it there, because they like being Jedi.
1: Should (laughs) you throw it on Mustafar, where, you know, Anakin
2: got, like, basically, (laughs) or whatever? No, but, like, maybe bury them on Endor, where, like, they both. that's kind of the end of their lark, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Or That's, whatever. Yeah. I don't well, know. It doesn't really matter. I just felt <laughs> it was cool, but I was just like like they, they both Because the Sand Line is infamous, right? Like he hated that fucking planet. So (laughs) I was like, it's weird to bury his lightsaber there.
0: Mm -hmm. But all right, cool. I had a a personal geek out moment there too when Rey powers up her own lightsaber that she's built, which I thought was also a nice nod because like that's one of the final trials of a Jedi is making her own lightsaber, and then it has a yellow blade because I've got a yellow Kyber crystal for my uh, blade that I got at Galaxy's Edge. So now now I got to like, and then I got to go to that party that evening with my yellow lightsaber and be like, look bitches look who's (laughs) the only one here at the fucking yellow lightsaber
2: now my question is have we seen a yellow
0: lightsaber on screen before i don't think so even in animated don't recall yeah
2: because that's what i was i was more curious but i know we haven't seen one in a movie because i've seen all the movies for some reason but like the the tv series i haven't seen a ton of and i know there's a lot more jedi stuff in there and i don't even remember a yellow one in kotor but it has been like a decade since i played that yeah yeah they should really do a remaster of that at some point. Somebody needs to listen to this podcast and get me my KotOR remaster, or like a, just
1: a new KotOR game, because I would be really down for that. Sure,
2: man, I'll take. Yeah, I take a new KotOR game. I really like. I, I got to get back to uh, Fallen Order. That game was a lot of fun. Mm. So yeah, I, I, get I don't get
0: back to my Xbox. Well, maybe there are. I'm looking through some stuff right now. There might be some stuff in one of animated series, but I can't recall exactly. Fair it, it doesn't jump into my head, anyways. So this is definitely the first time we've seen it on. Uh, Oh yeah, definitely live uh, action. on live action. Yeah. Far, oh, so. there
1: we go. Visus Mar. It's someone in the old republic from the old republic has a yellow lightsaber like a
2: long time ago. Oh, uh, it's it, it probably Kotor 2 or something ridiculous yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like that that I didn't mm. really get through all the way through. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, okay fair enough.
0: Nice. Yeah, so I did you guys have anything else you wanted to add? Any call outs? Any other gripes, Mark? Did you get them all out?
2: Um I think so. I'm pretty sure I did because like we talked about basically everything I was just like just disappointed overall like that was my big takeaway I was just like oh man I really wish they stuck this landing better I guess because in a year where like some people have had real trouble sticking finales and other people have really fucking knocked finales out of the park this one was disappointing to me I think especially when like two days later or like I guess a week later Mandalorian just like finale and was awesome so <laughs> don't tell me but yes i'm excited yeah
0: yes we'll talk about it yes. yeah. soon
2: yeah yeah uh, well that's gonna have to be next week I yeah <laughs> <laughs> we don't have anything else to talk about so do that next
0: week. all right all right well let's just go around do final slot thought, thoughts and like a score out of 10 then um let's just get marks out of the way
2: uh i'm gonna give this a five because Ooh. it's the best mediocre At best mediocre and is kind of to be honest is kind of a mess as i feel like this entire trilogy is and it saddens me to say that because i like a lot of the actors and the talent involved in making these things and they do look really good but they just don't hold together as a cohesive story and are also kind of disrespectful to the stuff that came before it in some ways and it just as an overall thing i was like no no just do rogue one can i just have another rogue one please Mm. Even Solo was less offensive Ooh. to me than this was. And I, well, I mean, I like Solo, but like, whew, this was a rough sit for me. In like a trilogy of kind of like, I mean, I liked Force Awakens. I, I don't, I, were we doing this when that came
0: out? Like, I feel like that's, uh, that, that no, was that was 2015. That was uh, before we started the podcast.
2: Yeah. so We never did a real review podcast. of Force Awakens, which I liked at the time. I remember specifically being like, oh, I was really happy with that. And then as time has gone on, I'm like, I think maybe. That was a little safe, and they should have done something a little bit more different with Star Wars to relaunch it. Because I think harkening back to the original trilogy so tightly was really to the detriment of this. And then not having a plan that made sure that that original plan, like of harkening back to those OT movies, tied together properly just completely kibosh this whole fucking thing mm-hmm. for me. So, this movie's a rough sit for me. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. 5 out of 10. Sorry. <laughs> Paul, you... Fucking Palpatine. Like, how's Palpatine back? Right. It makes no right. fucking sense. <laughs> I'm sorry. So,
1: I um, have similar gripes to Mark in terms of this trilogy and this movie in particular being too beholden to the original series and uh, the original trilogy. That being said though, I thought that this movie as it was If you look at it as a movie in and of itself, it was a fun ride. I really enjoyed myself in terms of the performances. The way the movie looked and sounded was wonderful. Daisy Ridley really sold it for me. Like everyone was bringing their best to what was maybe a weaker story. So let me, I would say that it would be more of a 7.58. Give, give it maybe an 8. Okay. I'm mean, going to say 8 because I had a lot of fun. And I was watching it with someone who had never even seen episode 7 and 8. Like Jihoon was very kind oh, to wow. sit through this. And he's like, this was a fun movie. Like, I really liked the performances in it. And I'm like, you know what? I was disappointed in like, as it was part of the trilogy. And I, like, if I had to rate this trilogy, I would give it a very different score. But this film, I think like, standalone, was pretty solid. So, a, a, okay, 8. I'll give it an 8.
0: Alright. I was pretty happy with it overall. The the gripes that I did have with it did not detract massively uh, from the movie, so I am going to give it a 9 out of 10. I was generally happy with sort of the way that it brought everything full circle, that it closed out, at least the the most the major story points, uh, for the most part, I felt were closed out pretty well. You know, in terms of it being a cap on the end of the Skywalker saga, uh, I was was, uh, pleased with that. So, yeah, 9 out of 10 for me. I mean, it's fucking Star Wars, I love Star Wars, so I was definitely going into this wanting to like it, and willing to maybe look past some stuff that the other guys were not, so that might be part of it, but Anyways, all right. Well, with that, let's move on to our final segment, our geek cred, where each of us recommends something that we have been uh, grooving on lately uh, or even not lately. So let's go first to Mark. What's your geek cred this week? Watch Mandalorian
2: because it's Star Wars <laughs> done right, and they should give Fabs the keys. Just give Fabs and Filoni the keys to everything and just do That also, uh, new season of Letter Candy is hilarious, so go watch those two things. That's kind of what I was have been doing while I've been down in St. Catharines, hibernating between the end of like Christmas and New Year, I guess. This weird thing. nebulous so, time, yeah. We're like, I, I'm not getting any business calls back right now, so I'm just like, I'll just hang out, I guess, and like pet the dog I get. I don't know, so <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, so this season of Letter Candy was excellent if you're a fan. And I, we're probably talking about Mandalorian next weekend, it's going to be like Star Wars New Year kind of mm-hmm. thing, so yeah watch that because fuck it's so good
0: it's so good it is Mm -hmm. it is very good cool uh paul how about you
2: my geek cred for
0: this
1: week is kind of the witcher i mean like i don't know it's the only (laughs) it's it's, it's like because i was really busy this week there wasn't really like much new stuff that i I can't really think of anything old that i want to recommend at this point so like if you need a, a dose of sword and sorcery maybe the witcher is for you but you know what Play the video games instead because honestly, like, I honestly have put time into The Witcher 3 and it's a very good game. So maybe try that out instead, or maybe read the books because the book, the TV series is based on the books and probably has less timeline fuckery that will annoy you at the end of the season. So, like, that being said, you know, like, it's a good, I think The Witcher is a good franchise. I'm just gonna, like, I, I'm gonna put it out there into the universe that maybe you should try it if you like. High fantasy, and that's that's okay. My not resounding
2: <laughs> recommendation for this week. Your your measured recommendation Very measured. for The Witcher. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Like I, I meant to get into it because it looked interesting. Like because I like that it it's way more fantasy based than like Game of Thrones was. Right, like Game of Thrones was a little bit more cut and dry like realistic like there's I watched the first episode there's weird fantasy creatures and shit yeah which game. i like it's like there's magic all over the place and stuff and i was like that's cool but man the pacing's real fuckety so I'm gonna go back to it, but like I think I'm gonna have to kind of pace myself, just do like an episode or two yeah. a day, and just kind of.
1: If I can recommend something about The Witcher, it's um, one storyline in particular: the character of Yennefer, who is the like uh, sorceress in training. Her storyline is super compelling yeah. and very well done. It's the stuff are like surrounding. Like that's not involved with her, I lose interest in. But whenever she is on screen, I'm all in because Jennifer is awesome. So okay. like, if Fair the enough. rest of the series is basically just her and she gets to like hang around with a half naked Henry Cavill for the rest of the series, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sold. So there you go.
0: <laughs> so my geek cred this week is also Disney Plus, but it is actual Disney. So I watched and really enjoyed all the way through uh, the Imagineering story on Disney Plus, which is all about so if you're even a little bit of like a Disney Parks fan like I am, it's all about the creation of all of those parks and the sort of all of the rules and one and of the fucking like the the spirit and what's the fucking word that I'm looking for? Like the what are you talking about? Like the guidelines of how they yeah, yeah, guidelines, but but also sort of their their philosophies on creating okay. yeah. stuff and that kind of thing. So it goes all the way through, and you has like interviews from Michael Eisner and Bob Iger, and I mean they have like archival footage in there from Walt Disney and from some of the original Imagineers or that before they were even called Imagineers that made like Disneyland. So and it and yeah. it follows it sort of chronologically. It's all narrated by Angela Bassett. Cool. And so it starts out, like, the first episode is, like, Disneyland, and then they go on to, like, Dis- like, the Florida Project, which ended up being Disney World, and then they go on to the international Disney parks and everything. And so um, they go very much warts and all. Like, they go, uh, you know, into detail on, like yeah Euro Disney was not well received when it first came in there was all this backlash cultural backlash and shit like that and then how they like cheaped out originally on Hong Kong Disneyland and how it didn't do very well when it first opened and how they kind of course corrected and all that so it's a really cool look at how these crazy immersive theme parks have been made and it goes right up until Galaxy's Edge uh, the Star Wars land as well to kind of tie it back to our topic this week so really cool show on Disney plus it's like six six or seven episodes something like that, and each one is around like 45 minutes to an hour long. So, cool. yeah, so Imagineering Story on Disney cool. Plus. All right. So with that, let us finish up our episode. Uh, Thank you for listening. This has been our 179th episode. If you liked what you heard, you had your own thoughts on Rise of Skywalker or on anything that we discussed this evening, please feel free to reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com dance robot dance podcast. You can get at us on Twitter at DRDR underscore podcast. You can send us an email at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. And if you're not already, you can subscribe to our podcast. podcast on google podcasts apple podcasts on stitcher and on spotify so with that we will say thank you very much for listening say good night mark have a good one guys go watch Mandalorian. (laughs) say good night paul may the force be with you always indeed and also with you paul as we are all (laughs) raised christian (laughs) boys (laughs) (laughs) so have a good night go watch a star Wars, folks talk to you next time